Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Bourne. here with me. I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Da-da. It closed to midnight. So, I mean, that sounded so good. We might be taken down for for DMCA uh, <laughs> strike. So, like, you see, you better stop this shit now. That's how we get around that. Oh, okay, you know, can't can't play the actual music. But uh, I mean, know. it was close. It was close. It was close. You know. Yeah. Like, Happy look, Halloween, look, James. Rich Lotta vocals, Michael Jackson vocals. I mean, it, nearly the same. It's, honestly, it, it's it's know. close. It's close. It's, nearly the it's, same. It, this close. It's it's it, the tim the tim the timbre is like so. I can't. I didn't realize. I didn't recognize before. But now, okay, I get it. I get it. I see what you're doing. You, you, see you. All right. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So when when we get these uh these new like albums in the future of, for the Michael Jackson vault, well, I, I I see. I see. And all of a sudden, like you start driving a Bugatti, I, I know, or a Hellcat, I know like where it's from. Okay. I'll be I'll okay. be able to use that line like you know uh where 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 is such and such as Bugatti you know um. <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, it is Halloween. I am, uh, for the people that are in the audio medium, uh, incentive to check out the Twitch. I'm in the, uh, the Cobra Kai, um, Gi, you know, uh, representing, you know, the, the All Valley tournament and all that. And James is, is here beardless. What, what, where's your stash, James? Man, I, um, so I had to get my passport renewed. So I had to go, um, you know, I had like a, just a rough beer for like a month or something like that. So I went to, you know, line myself up and all that stuff. And I've, you know, I've long story short, like I've trimmed myself up and all that kind of stuff and kept myself tight for like years now at this point, since like 2015. 
Man, I went to like because I was in such a rush. Like I went to because I do I freehanded. So like I was I was trying to like trim down my um my beard. Like I got two set of clippers. I got like a you know like a pair of like uh lot, sh- shape ups shapers and like I got a pair of normal just you know regular cutting. And I went to uh cutting clippers. And I went to with the uh, shape ups tried to like freehand like just. It's going very like over the mustache, trying to you know get you know sometimes like it, you can keep it lined up, but like it'll be thick or long, and it'll be like it'll mess getting into your like your nose. So I was trying to do that, man. I messed around and you need them little mini scissors, bro. I should I should have used those. I, I didn't. So anyway, in a rush, done it a million times before. In a rush, right mm, over mustache, and like the only two options at that point was either Michael Jordan Hitler mustache. Which I guess we got no, right? right. <laughs> we that's, can't that, be doing so, that. So, so that's a, that's a fucking no, especially after this week, right? Uh, oh, oh, or last we'll two there. and or like like the white guy mustaches beard. It was also like just as much a no for me. So I was like, man, I just gotta just gotta take it all off. It'll be back in a month. Whatever it's what it is. So. Okay. Got to destroy and rebuild. You yeah, know. so I guess I you know so I don't know. Like I guess I'm Charlie Villain for for uh, or, or Bobby Lashley for, for Halloween. <laughs> I don't know. Or Frank Thomas or, or Bobby or Barry Bonds. Have you seen Barry Bonds and Frank Bob Thomas? Sapp. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, do you remember? Do you remember the uh, the TV show from the nineties? Uh, Rock. No. Oh, oh my. God. Okay, so it was, a, it was a black family, like I think Detroit, and like dude was a garbage man, and just like no, no, only only hair on his on his head was eyebrows. Same Damn. thing. And like I'm just like, bro. I, 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 oh, okay. I know you're talking about Charles Dutton. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah see, yeah. I'm just. Yeah, man. I'm just. Man, fresh face. This man bro. said. Birthday next month. Now nah, I'm about to take some years off. It, bro, awful, awful. Cause like, cause you know I got gray in my beard. Like I don't know. Like, I don't know if the camera catches that. Like, but like I have pride in like not being afraid to age. Like I saw something online about like I guess I think China has has found a cure for baldness. I'm like I don't care. Like I'm good where I'm at. Like I'm not I'm I'm not trying to resuscitate the game. Cause y'all already seen me like this. It's over. It's over. Right. Like or maybe maybe y'all don't know, but like yeah, I I have a I have the the line still there. It's the back that's the problem. So it's it's done. It's over. Like Vince Carter, it's over. Like you can't I'm be never. With the reverse I'm not. Sunroof. You're not finna catch me coming out. Yeah, move situation. Like top back, like oh boy. So like I'm never I'm never going to try to be like yeah, you know this me out here back. Like no, I'm not back. In fact, it's gonna get worse over time. It's only gonna progress, right? So like I'm okay with aging. I'm not doing none of that shit. Like I have gray in my beard. Y'all probably y'all may or may not have been able to see it over the years over the years. So we've been doing this or whatever else. But like, nah, man. And like, I shaved I shaved it down. I'm like, bro, I look like I look ridiculous. Like I look, I guess younger. I don't know, whatever. But I look ridiculous either way. Like I don't look myself. I had a beard for years. So like, whatever, man. Like at least like I ain't one of them dudes that like has to have a beard because I ain't got no chin or no strong jawline. But I still look ridiculous. <laughs> bro. So it is, it's like, that's how it's gonna be for the next few weeks on One Nation Radio. So you know, get yeah. your jokes off. You'll be back in the game in like a week and a half. Nah, like, I don't, my hair doesn't grow like that. It'll be it'll be a month. It'll take like bro, a month. 
if I mess around and cut mine off, mine will be back. I'll be back in the game like a week and a half. Yeah. Foolish. Li- yeah. Like I look next week, you'll probably see some stubble. Yeah. That's, I got like is what it is. Uh, maybe a couple grays in the chin right here, and I think I got like one like on the beard line over here. But besides that, I'm not fighting that same fight at the moment. So, yeah. uh, like, you know. imagine me out here on that on that Kevin Nash program, just just, for me, just <laughs> lighting it up, lighting up a beard. Like, nah, man. Stop. Bro, it, it, bro, it's funny. Like, um, Nash used to just show up, hair jet black, and then that shit looks looks insane. Like, it's like, hold on, bro. And then, um, I think the, it most recently happened to Bobby Fish. So, like, after yeah, like, AW released the him, yeah, yep. After he used to talk he, about that for a few years. Yeah, after AW released him, there's this picture of the car. He let the beer grow out. And mm. you know he was completely gray all the way around. I think Keith Lee did the same thing. Oh yeah, um, he definitely has beige, and also like he's getting thin or whatever else. But like, it's fine. Right. He showed up with a fresh beige in last week on on yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, or excuse me, on Rampage. Um. So. Uh, well, Dan both says, because he was on Dynamite oh, yeah. as well in the tag yeah. match with FCR. So, yeah. So Dan, so you guys gonna pony up and get those blue check marks? No. <laughs> I do, I do, I do not. I will never give Elon Musk a dime if I can help it. Um, I don't like. I, I know people uh, talk about how problematic he is. I haven't like ever delved into Elon Musk. I don't care. Um, Same, but R- really, it's just everything that has come across my my um, desk with him. It's off putting. It has, yeah, it has not been endearing. Yeah, like the only thing, that, the only thing that I've ever heard uh, around the Elon Musk thing that I thought was any bit inter- actually interesting was like the simulation theory thing. That's it, mm-hmm. but that's just like a you know conspiracy going down the rabbit hole thing. And like, it, I gotta say, like at this, like I'm only willing to delve that kind of into those kind of conspiracies because the other kind of conspiracy always is a doorstep away from anti-Semitism. So you might as well yeah. get right to it. Kyrie Irving, bring <laughs> your ass to the stage, my boy. Uh, the pack is going up. Um, on behalf of, I have friends that are Jewish. I have grown up around Jewish people probably my whole life without realizing it or anything like that. I think the things that he shared were absolutely abhorrent. Um, I spoke with a friend of mine that thinks Kyrie Irving is the dumbest athlete that has ever like lived and only compared him to like John Rocker. Um, it, it all like much in the, the same way that we were saying about Kanye, where all the stuff was leading here. Mm-hmm. That's what has been going on with Kyrie for years. And it was on this, this Irvis flat stuff, the vaccine, bro. It's crazy. We this, went from, it, It's like, you can just draw a straight line, bro. It went from two seven, 2017, I think was when like the flat earth thing. And people were like, what? And then five years later, we're here. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. So if, if you guys didn't know what happened, um, if you're under a rock, um, Kyrie Irving sent out a tweet, uh, promoting some documentary that was, uh, said to be like this, uh, it was like this Jews and slave ships. Um, okay, like so he he, he sold of. it, or sorry, he uh, posted the link to it um, under the guise of this is like lost history. Um, sure, of, it is of, of of our of you know African ancestry, and um, I'm from Florida, born and raised. 
Um, there hasn't been much time, many days I've spent outside of this state. Um, so like, I don't running into a black Israelite or like a five percenter or like <laughs> anybody other, anybody outside of Christian faith is black. Like I don't really run into that, but I know up North, like you run in, you run into Muslims, you know, like nation of Islam, the fruit, all that, like you run into black Israelites, you run into all of that. And like around a, a lot of all of that is, um, is a, a, a real easy uh like Venn diagram in the center circle is like all of this stuff and it and it, then it comes to eventually some <laughs> form of anti-semitism right um by way of black people or the cho- or the chosen people chosen people of God and like Jews have and they're they're to th- and according to them like Jewish people European Jewish people have like hidden that and then they talk about a lot of the same things that, like, quite frankly, like, people in the KKK talk about when they talk about Jewish people, or Nazis talk about when they talk about Jewish people, which is... There's a lot they, of strange a overlap that you... When they talk about disproportionate... When they talk about and say stuff like, there's a dispro- disproportionate amount of uh, access and control they have, and blah, 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 and then they go into then saying, let's... R- all the next stuff, like, let's round them up, and all that other bullshit that goes further than that. So, um... There's a lot of strange overlap uh, yeah. in some of these things that yeah. you wouldn't think makes sense, but when you examine it, it's like, oh, I see what y'all got in common. Right. Like, for example, like Kyrie Irving and Brian Kendrick have nothing to do together, but except they're both gigantic conspiracy theorists. Therefore, when you think of a lot of the big conspiracy theory stuff out there, you know, like it's always a leaps. It's always a rock's throw away from eventually getting into some version of anti-Semitism, which is fucking problematic because these are people that were slaughtered, right? Um, and then then you also have people that say, like, "Well, how many really got slaughtered?" It was like, "Okay, stop there. Don't want to talk with you. We're done. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not. I am not suffering any conversation talking about, you know, Holocaust denial in any fo- way, shape, or form. I'm do- I'm not doing with anyone. So um, when you see that Kyrie like shares, um, shares that link. People immediately go to, well, wait, that book has this in it. Would, would obviously look not a shocker. This, this, uh, I'm sorry. Um, um, false disproven. That's the word I'm looking for. Disproven quotes, disproven, uh, history stuff that is, Things kind of like the Willie Lynch stuff that is like stuff that is that is like uh, been said a lot, but not actually no proof of actual existence and stuff. And so it was like, and so it was curious, yeah, unverified. unverified, yeah. So it was, yeah. So it was uh curious. So I was like, why? What? It's like, oh no, he's he's a black. And at first, I was, oh no, he's black. He he's on to he's on to we're all queen, kings and queens thing. It's like, oh, like okay, okay. Um, got news for everybody. We all weren't. <laughs> right, right. Like, how does that how does that work? We were all kings and queens. So who was like? So who was doing the labor to make the cities and in, in, in infrastructure work? Like when we were in the motherland, that doesn't like that same thing when people talk about cities, right? Like, there needs to be affordable housing so that there can be people to do all of these jobs to make the city work for literally these rich motherfuckers on the Upper East Side. Like, 
you can't do one without the other. <laughs> um, but whatever. Side point. Get back to uh, Kyrie. Um, then the quotes. So my so once I saw, heard, saw people say this is this is this book is anti-Semitic. I was like, and I saw some quotes from the book. It's like, oh, bad. wow. I was like, okay, so it's based off this book. But it isn't a movie. Let's see how bad this gets. And then people start pulling into the quotes from the movie, and they start referencing quotes from Adolf Hitler. I was like, oh no, weird. Open. Open and shut case, far. Johnson. Sprinkles of crack on him. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> um, and, and, and then after the Saturday night game, the press conference uh, just just comes out here and refuses to elaborate about anything. He displays grade one levels of um, engaging in conversation. Uh, he is pretty much he has this, this this air about himself where it's like he knows the answers everyone else is stupid for not right. knowing the answers right. he's condescending it is happening he's condescending like, especially to media because he doesn't feel that the community has been nice to him throughout his career even though a, a, a good deal of it is self-inflicted but still you know um and because of that like he gets asked a question that isn't fair like why did you post this why do you promote this and then he's Argan said, "Well, I just posted the link. That's not promotion." I'm like, "No, that's literally what it is. It's like the it, the, the problems with it with a lot of yeah. people is like they don't like know the definitions of things, right? Or like they're like, yo, when you tell them what it is, like, no, it's not that. No, that's literally what it is, and yeah. that's because they're post fact. There are, and this ties in with that Elon Musk check stuff. Like people use the checks on Twitter for." safety concerns verification right. like right. stuff like that it's because like, there are because places let like that you need like legitimate news outlets new york right. times washington post msnbc cnn hell even fox news they you need to be able to go on to a, to social media and, and be able to find the um the links or uh the accounts that are from these particular media outlets or from these particular brands, or from these particular celebrities, so you curb off and curtail disinformation. However, like what have we been dealing with the last, you know, by, since 2015? By, by deconstructing all that, it everything just becomes the wild west, and then it's like there is no like agreed upon fact. Like every people think yep. think facts are opinions when like they right. are not like i'm like this is a cigar and then be like no it's not but like right yes it is like and then right like it's just a natural tension right there um we knew Kyrie was reposting the alex jones stuff which yep. is absolutely ridiculous um uh, we have the uh him moving forward on this thing now and it's just like this is sad like and yep. it is um embarrassing and the strange silence around the league um to me doesn't say a lot for the league because i because know so, kyrie irvin's you, not you the know only why. person you know kyrie why. irvin's not the only person that feels like this bingo because look the league is what like 80 percent black and the, the nba has sold itself as being the most liberal major north american promotion or uh major sports promotion or a company or, or league in in North America, and and that is to appeal towards a majority white fan base or market, right? So the people that they're appealing to 
or liberal leaning. Black men are liberal leaning only in vote. You take you take out every you take out literally any other um, you take out you take out race you take you take out look, race out if of you anything. put all the ingredients in a blank cereal box like right like so for example right I think it's like over ninety five percent of black women vote democratically right vote liberally right it's like eighty it's somewhere in the eighties for black men right and then you and then think about what what we've seen when we see some of these dudes out here talk about they voted for Trump or they're wearing MAGA stuff or they're trying to, or they're quote unquote co-opting or they don't understand what the big deal is. It's because the misogyny of, of this stuff appeals to them more than the part where like they hate black people. Like, and that's, and that's the part that gets lost in the intersectionality. Part. So, so, so when I say all of this, the thing that, um, the thing that is why like, it's so damning of uh, the conservative uh, party in this country is that like we know plenty of people. Look, black people uh, on just just on uh, percentage, more black people believe in uh, God in this country than white people do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about? Uh, Stuff in, correlating to thoughts and feelings, feelings on um, resentment towards homosexuals. There's a lot of that in the community. There, misogyny. A lot of that in the community, right? The only thing that's keeping the them out there, the only the thing that's keeping them out capitalism. of voting, that, that you know, that, Look, this particular hey, demographic from blo- voting. Sorry, go ahead. The obsession with capitalism. Yes, that too, because you know that's also a linchpin in a bedrock to try to pull themselves out of that. They think, even though. Nah, those still will be white people still be racist to you, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I get, I get, I get that you know, but um, so I get, I get their logic behind it, but when you examine it from a macro level, no, you, you, you'll still just be a rich dude, and and they'll, they'll still be a rich dude, and they'll still say all this type of stuff about you, which they'll literally, like, yeah, right, and it'll, make, it'll drive you even more mad or insane, or make you, you know, start saying stuff about Jewish people like Kanye. Think about, think about, you know, watch the throne in 2010 or 11 or whenever that was. And think of like, look at where Kanye is going from there. He's going off the deep end. Um, so uh, my point was like, you look at all of that or you look at a lot of that. Um, and the only thing that is keeping 85% of black men in theory is that thing where they know like these people. Uh, in the Republican Party, like, don't give a damn about us. In fact, do everything literally in spite of us trying to uh, gain equity in this country more than the Democrats. So we'll vote for the lesser evil, in theory, right? Like, so, but that that's the one thing holding it. That's the one thing holding it. it to me, it, it seems like that's the one thing holding it. Like, if, if, if the Republicans weren't racist, it'd be a wrap. <laughs> But but whatever like, um. But on the Kyrie thing, yeah. Like. So you know, so like, yeah, man, like it's. So when we talk about the league or whatever. So you see the thing, like, look, uh, LeBron want to say what? Uh, he was he talked about saying uh, what whoever's lyrics it was talking about you know Jewish money. I've seen him in the in the that barbershop series talk about like you know the things we always hear, right? 
we need to be insulate we need to be insulated as a as a community of amongst ourselves like how the china like how the chinese or the vietnamese or the jewish people that always comes up and when and, and like the thing is like also i think that black people understand a lot of black people don't understand like the stereotypes for like discrimination against Jewish people isn't the same as the demonstration demonstration against black people. We have like, we feel like we are the dirt worst because of uh, slavery and Jim Crow and reconstruction and all that. And I'm not getting into the Olympics of it. I'm not getting into who gets the gold medal for oppression, not doing that. But when you think of the stereotypes uh, that white people have for black people as being stupid being lazy, hyper-violent, hypersexual, all that stuff, right? And then the stereotypes for Jewish people are well organized, they have a lot of money, they uh because they because of banking or being lawyers or all and all that kind of stuff and they control money and power in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. And they say, "Well, damn, those are good stereotypes to have." But it's like, "No." You think that you think they are until all of a sudden they put your great nana into that fucking kiln. Like, so no, because it's all resentment. White people resent black people, and white people resent Jewish people for different reasons, but it's still resentment. And that resentment will lead towards exterm- you know, attempt extermination. It'll you know lead what I'm saying? to all this crossover, too. This crossover of right. like but pulling, they, right? You know, but, the but for some the, reason, the we different- don't. Yeah. So like when they so when we say this kind of nonsense, <clears throat> we don't recognize that it is nonsense. And then we end up with pe- people saying a lot of things that we've heard similar to Kyrie over, over the years of our, our whole lives. So yeah. um it, it, I got to say like I've had so many of these conversations and and I've heard I've heard so many of this so much of this stuff in places and I'm just like I merely check out like at this point, I just check out. I'm not going to try to argue with these people. They made up their mind. I don't rock with them. It's over there, right? Yeah, I was I was talking to, to someone I know in real life on Twitter about it, and I was just like befuddled on on the the amount of cap that he was he was saying that mm-hmm. I, he just didn't understand like what yeah. what the issue was here, and I'm like, yeah. I I can't believe this, but um, it is. It is shameful uh, what Kyrie is doing and the deniability of everything. Because it's such a childish deniability. It's like, yeah. I didn't promote it. I really posted it. And for those that I offended. Trying to argue over the, the semantics. Right. And, and for those I didn't offend. Shit. And th- for those who I offended, it wasn't meant to offend you. It was to educate my people. You're teaching your people garbage. That That offends me. Like, like, if he's trying to teach something, please let it come from a book with a barcode. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's a mess. It's fuck. A mess. And, and then, um, you know, with the Kanye Kyrie thing, these are clearly people that don't fucking read. Yeah, yeah. And at least in um, with with Kanye, he flat out tells you he doesn't read. Right, he wears it as a badge of honor. He lets you off. Yeah, he wears a badge of honor. He straight off tells you all vibes, all vibes. Um, With Kyrie, he'll he'll be like, "Yeah, I I read. I I watch things all the time. I had plenty of time in off season." He said that at that press conference uh, on Saturday, and it's like, 
sir the, the, youtube the, university is not a school the smile like the smile you have on your face is like bro we're looking at you and we're like bro you're reading you're reading disinformation like you're reading like you're you're whatever man like lost cause and, and, it, and it's sad because like i have always thought of Kyrie as a sensational fun watch but like ultimately a um player that is a luxury if you're if he's on a winning team like i don't think he is someone that like you can quite frankly trust and that's been proven over the last five years um and but he seemed to had but he but at the time before it's gone bad over the last five years before that like it seemed that like he just wanted to play ball and that was it and then as he gained leadership, he showed more of his personality. And like, now I can see why, like you talk about those Cavs years, like people used to say that like, he was kind of aloof, kind of standoffish, kind of like not space cadet. Cause it, that wasn't the term. It was more like he was quick to disassociate and kind of go into loner mode at times. And I used to think, all right, well, people have bad days. It is what it is. Fine. Comes some slack. Like he comes through and he comes and plays, whatever else. And he, and, He's played this year, but like once he starts missing the games for this and the third and all this kind of stuff, I started like, 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 okay, bro, like, what is it? And then the bubble thing happened where like he wanted to come to the bubble and not play, and then they told him don't come to the bubble if you're not gonna play. And then he was, and then like talked to other people because like Kyrie, like Kyrie is a very popular in league circles. Hmm. He, he's always That's been popular a lot. In league right? Um. So, like, when Woj wrote that thing calling him uh, a, dis- a disruptor, a disruptor, uh, people immediately said, no, he's not. We all love Kyrie or whatever else. Like, and, he, and then the, as the years progress, you see how much further this and weird this thing has gotten with him. And it's like, he has on multiple occasions said that, like, basketball is not the biggest thing for him. And that's perfectly fine to have to try to find a life-work balance when you're as talented as that dude is, right? Um, it may, it may piss off some people that would never be a fa- close to that talent to anything in their lives as Kyrie is with dribbling and, and, and finishing it around the basket. But that is what it is. People get tapped on the head with, with, with gifts. Some, and there are, and people are able to awaken them. Some, some just don't, or some can't awaken them. It is what it is. Um, but I, I thought that like, you know, after last year, how bad it was, he would take some type of accountability, like, you know, given the situation he's in, given that like he's on the end of on the last year of a deal of a big money deal, and like he's looking to he's supposed to try to he's supposed to be a contract where he plays himself and get his you know his last max contract or whatever else, and that's like, that's it, never like it, it's like he's showing he's showing up like statistically it yeah. seems like but you but you wouldn't want him on your team hell no no, no this no. is not worth the risk this is not worth the PR no this is not worth the the headache like. Like, bro, the, the, to- like, like you see how we act when he's not in the contract year, Come right? On, man, and 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 you know, thinking back, like last year when um, you know, the pal the Palestinian the Palestinian Israeli conflict when he you know he taught you know pro Palestine out and like I don't really touch on that, but from that perspective, last year I was like, I'm surprised he said it. I mean. He's he's he has valid points, but I can't. But I'm surprised he said it in Brooklyn, right? And then a year later, it's like, and it makes me think, like, wait, it, 
did he was he did, was he on that for the right reasons? Yeah, so Only- it's it's all weird. It's really really weird, man. It's really weird and unfortunate and like it's sad because like. <sighs> He's one of the very few Duke dudes as a North Carolina fan that I'd be like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely one of them. That's one of them ones. Like, <laughs> it's like he he's a hell of a basketball player, but I nah man, like he's off the list for me. He's off they the don't, list. Don't ever want to have a conversation with him. Like it just seems like y'all got to put all y'all got to Brandon Ingram, Zion, Jason Tatum. That's that's the that's, that's what y'all got to rock with. That's the new all, that's the new, all that. the new triad. Yeah. Like Kyrie, nah, you gotta. You know, you got to stay away and then... Can't embrace him. Can't bring nope. him back on campus. Especially nope. that campus. Because nope. that campus, you know, they produce, you know, Richard Spencer's and, and, and Stephen Miller's. Like, there's, there is a look, there is a it, strong look, conservative anti-Semitic... Maybe. Uh, um, uh, what do you call... Uh, uh, wave that has came out of Duke University in the last uh, couple... Or since 2000, especially uh, post-Duke uh, lacrosse. Look. Maybe um, Kyrie gets there and they're like, all oh, hail Caesar's home. Oh, man. At this rate. Strange, um, strange bedfellows, if that were the yep, case. Yep. All right. So um, enough of this. Um, yeah, Kyrie Irving, you can go to hell. Um, <laughs> you watched that recently or something? No. The Shivani, just, uh... <laughs> just, just, just always got a hat out on hand in case you need it. Yeah. But um, uh, big news in the world of women's wrestling. Um we had the release of the PWI Women's 150, and I gotta say, James, I think I like this list a little bit more than the men's PWI 500, which I thought was an all-time like, like for as much as like the list normally suck, that was like an all-time bad list. I think it was a bad list. Uh, the 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 500 was a bad list in a bad year to try to figure that out because of the number of people top people that normally are like always around it's like one of those years where it's like the normal field of like perennial mvp contenders like you just had like oh Kawhi goes down lebron goes down steph goes down what the hell are we gonna do uh that's kind of what it felt like um this year uh, as far as pwi 500 uh, obviously you know you had um becky uh becky you know came back charlotte was going so like there's a little bit of that but Sasha's um, not around. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Sasha in and out. Um, but for the most part, like <clears throat> these, especially with like the gaining Western attention that Stardom has gathered over, you know, like post Bushiroad um purchase, this, like this was the they, year they to do filled it. The, they have filled the gaps in like it's, imagine like this was like 2018 and they had the, the PWF 150 and like you know they might put two uh japanese women on the entire thing that that don't work uh primarily in america like it, it would have been like really you know weird um so yeah like I, I think that stardom's rise has like helped make these lists look more legitimate or make the uh 150 look more, more legitimate <clears throat> yeah so uh let's start at number 10 there are some like similarities um with the men's and women's list, like especially starting at like the number 10 spot. Mm-hmm. So that's Taya Valkyrie. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe she's uh, the AAA women's champion at the moment. If you compare uh, to the men's list, like Jonathan Gresham was number 10, right? Yeah. So it's like they both have like these quote unquote world titles mm-hmm. that were like kind of like not really cared about or focused on or anything like that. But they essentially, because they have that, they get a top 10 ranking. That's what that seems like. Um, I, I haven't really heard too much about uh, Taya's uh, matches or work or anything like that. When did, uh, when was she? Um, when what like 
what month was she released in with that set? What set of people was she releasing? I can't remember. Was it was, was it was, was it one before or after Morrison? After. After? Okay. I believe. Um so uh so number ten was Taya, so I don't really have much on Taya, but number nine, Starlight Kid. Uh Starlight Kid sensational this past year. Um was it this is about a year since the the turn? Um the the turn was more toward like uh, early summer, late spring type. Like I want to say it was like May, but you had to turn. And then the thing that also helped her definitely that uh, I don't think people take account for when they talk about like belts. Like you know, if Ty is on here for being a one, you know, for being a trip the triple A champion or someone's on her being an Impact champion, well, Starlight Kid throughout the throughout the evaluation period, she was three different. She had three different belts. Like she was the high speed champion until she lost to Azumi. She uh, won the, the uh, tag titles for uh, a couple months. We're driving them back to FWC, and 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 then she, you know, her and Saki Kashima and uh, Momo became the trios champions. So like she, had, like she always had a belt on her, and she was always like in something interesting, and that carries a favor for you for PWI if like you're in a promotion that people really care about. Like so, she was definitely someone that was deserving, and like. <laughs> In, in terms of starting MVP uh, or whatever else, like I will put her, I will put her like in that Tam Julia spot of like non top champion, su- doing super interesting things, whatever else. I would definitely put her in the top five. Um, yeah, so like I think she's been like sensational since the he- the heel turn. Like it feels like she's cool. She- she's easily translatable yeah. for any wrestling fan, I think. And you know, being a mass wrestler is always cool. Yep. Um, she's got. A lot of years in front of her, she could threaten one day, you know. Oh, to, she's going to win go to one the of these. Yeah, one of these years. Uh, yeah. One of these years. Next decades or whatever. Yeah. Charlotte Flair, number eight. Um, I don't know about this one, man. She was uh, a SmackDown champion at some point during this evaluation. Like she went to WrestleMania. She, she, she was the Ronda. champion. And she was the champion for a lot of the period without defending the belt, having matches yeah. for it. Uh, I believe, also had a I weird think, long, and she's been gone since I've gone. I don't know how long. She's been gone for months now. Yeah, so you know, I I, I guess this Had, is here strictly off that the, the strength really, of beating she, Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Was she immediately gone after? Was she immediately gone after she uh, lost the belt to Ronda? I believe so. So that was like Extreme Rules, right? Uh, yes. No, no, no. Uh, right after WrestleMania, it was like Backlash. WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, that's right. They went Backlash. I was thinking of you know they moved Extreme Rules after WrestleMania for a couple couple years, yeah. a few years ago. So, yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah. Yeah, so, so she's been going for a while. Up, up and down kind of year for Charlotte. So, I think they, I think the end of the evaluation period was like the end of uh, like October October first or like late or late September. So she was she missed a lot of time. Yeah. Um. So she's been having a lot of vacations. So <laughs> shout out to Charlotte. <laughs> um. Number seven. Stand up. Saya Kamatani, number seven. Uh, I was very happy to see uh, Tall Saya here. Uh, she uh, has held the white belt all year, pretty much. Uh, she arrives to the white belt, happened uh, at the end of last year. Yes, Black Saber Jr. comments, Tall Saya-ism, indeed. Um, you know, just kind of building herself up as a as a future uh, top champion, I, w- I would imagine, yeah, the second point. she loses that red belt, she needs to be thrown into the red belt division. <coughs> like she needs to be like second she loses, she needs to be thrown in like into the ch- ch- running up the mountain like Tam and uh, Julia were like after you know, all of this year and last year. Yeah, yeah, she she's she's been awesome uh, all year. Uh, one of my favorite 
you know, wrestlers going uh, male or female. So very happy yeah. to see Tallside getting the love. Yeah, and for my money this year, like she, like she's at worst number two for best women's wrestler of 2022. As far as I got a lot, probably, I, yeah. I got a lot of people I hear say she's number one. Like, and, oh yeah, you know, yeah, because I, I think that I think the thing is like, um, I, I think they. The people that will say that, I'll be like, yeah, I get it. And like, you're telling me that you're like, you're really focusing on just the pay-per-views or whatever else. Like, if you want to go like house show through house show, Corican through Corican, and also all of that is still Shuri. And uh, so, but what are we talking about? We're talking about number two. So like, you know, um, she's been great. And also I think like, if you're talking about like, um, storyline stuff, whatever else i think she's a little lacking in that uh but the matches have been the matches and the matches have been great she's there on all the big shows defend the belt yep winning a lot because look ain't too many people can go after that starlight kid in a azumi title change match and not get blown and not just get completely like snored on that match that match when that was great number six like they, look oh, look could triple eight could triple h and randy orton uh top that Definitely not. Uh, Black Saber Jr. <laughs> said, uh, this is the back and forth the back and forth between Sia uh, and Shuri for number one woman and stardom this year for me, but both have been spectacular. Yep, top tier candy indeed. The bird fighting ghouls. Yeah, yep, Twix is my favorite candy. I just haven't had it in I don't know how long. Yeah, I, I, had, I had to do the thing. So, um, number six, uh, someone that does not eat any candy it looks like jordan grace um she is uh i believe she's the impact champion now if i'm not mistaken um she, yeah she uh she's defending against us uh, i forgot who it was recently like, she had a promo that a lot of people that was circulating a little bit i want to say a couple weeks ago um that was that was good um i i don't remember i don't remember the the end result i don't know if she's still champion or not but she you know she was she's been inch back champion uh for a little bit She's um, had a couple notable matches. Yeah. Uh, one with uh, Masa Slamovich, I, I'm, who yeah. is number fourteen on the list. Uh, if there's a joke coming over, chances are she's going to pass through Masa Slamovich <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. So, uh, but yeah, Jordan Grace, like I, I think, kind of her story is like you know you see her on social media because Impact's a lower profile promotion. She's got to kind of like promote herself a lot through that. She does a good so job with it. She takes advantage of that for sure. Uh, she don't take too many L's on 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 uh, Twitter. Yeah, she has a she has a she has a good win loss record. As long as she stay away from that Benoit stuff, like she's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot but, about it earlier in the year. <laughs> yeah, no, number five, uh, the TBS champion Jay Cargill, uh, somebody that's never lost. Uh, literally, Levar Ball status. Um, they essentially created a belt for her um, to you know keep her going and and all that, and she's you know making strides. And I think they've run into um kind of like a snag with her at the moment but uh, i'm sure they're gonna they're, they're, they'll probably figure it out you know what her of course like statlander went down so i'm sure that yeah. was like her fall thing so um you know incredible growth for her thus far still a lot of potential to go if she wants to like stick with this and, and all that so um you know i i want to see just more from her like you know longer matches and um you know, actually, like doing something back, back and forth. Uh, Zora Hart's bringing up a good comment. I'm glad they gave her Nyla's uh, actual program instead of just a defense. So yeah, it's like she's doing stuff back and forth. I like her promos. Wrestling's, you know, the wrestling's the wrestling at this goes, point. Yeah. yeah. So like, but she'll go out there 
and surprise you sometimes, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and this is a kayfabe list, and that's the main thing. Like, she's undefeated. Like, she's very charismatic, and she, you know, cuts great promos uh, occasionally for every. Re- not well, I want to say regularly, but like, she's she's known to be out here and cut interesting, compelling promos. So it's like, yeah, that's why you that's that's deserving of the top five in kayfabe. Yeah, she's undefeated. Number four, Becky Lynch. Um, so Becky had the championship for quite a while uh, for the marking period uh, before coming off of it uh, to Bianca at WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, then she was kind of in and out of, you know, that like she, she was winning some matches on Raw, but not really getting booked on pay-per-view. They do the big rematch at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. uh, lose again to Bianca. Um, number four, I, I can't I can't be upset at it here because like she showed like kind of a renewed vigor as much as i detested like the character stuff from her and thought it was unearned and kind of lame uh she showed up and fighting against the crowd because they want to cheer yeah right and like she kind of showed up with kind of like a point to prove like i think like as a worker where she looked better as a worker i think um from summerslam 2021 to you know present day than she had maybe since nxt even then Hmm, um that was like the knock on her. Like everybody, would, like thought she was just a not good wrestler. Like throughout the rise of the man and all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it was weird. It's like, are you are you not not watching what she just what she was doing with Charlotte? Like it was it was weird. Um, yeah, I um, I think she was Look, doing. Remember, her best. I were, think she they, was. They were calling for Charlotte to be inserted in the match to save the match yeah, quality. Only James, made the match worse. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I uh. I think that. I, I can't disagree with you. I, 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 you know, I think that she was having like her best big match, like consistency of her career that we had seen of her, like from NXT through to even the man stuff. Um, and in 2019, like she's had, you know, her stuff with Charlotte, her stuff with her stuff with Sasha, um, through the years. Um, but like the stuff with Bianca, um, and stuff with Oscar is also like, top quality stuff that she's had over the years. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I, I think you're right on that. Like she, she, like she has definitely came back with something to prove. I'll, like she dropped a kid and came back and like, she was in the ring, like just as good as she's ever been, maybe better. And it was like very impressive. It was very impressive. It sucks that she got hurt. Um, I don't know how long she's out for, but like whenever she comes back, I think she's going to kill it again. In- <clears throat> Indeed. So, uh, one score one for the moms for Becky. So, uh, also, Jade. Uh, and up next, number three, Thunder Rosa. So, uh, very controversial uh, selection here, I think, for some. Uh, but if I think if you just lay it down on paper, Thunder Rosa had a lot of matches that were good yep. and won a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and it was like, you know, people were begging for her to win the championship. Yep. I, I don't care what people want to, like, try to rewrite right now about yep. her and uh, there's a lot of like stuff around her, like with the injury, and they think there's you know maybe some shenanigans going on. I I don't have that information, so I don't know. Like I'm I'm not really like interested in the um you know litigating that, but uh, yeah, she's the number two. She's the champ, um, number two promotion in America right now, and. Like let's just go through like some of the matches she, she was having. She remember she was the Warrior Wrestling Women's Champion, right? As well, she was doing a lot of independent stuff, like with Athena. Um, she uh, 
won that big cage match from Britt to switch the championship. Yep. Uh, she defeated Tony Storm. Uh, she beat or she went to uh, Miu. Yep. She, she went to Japan and faced Miu. Yep. The, the rematch wasn't as good, but uh, the first one was was really good. Right. Um, got the tag team with Thunderstorm stuff. Yep. I think when you're just talking about the merits of like PWI, like I this, for me, this is like kind of inarguable. She beat Taya, so yeah, add that on there. Yeah, definitely deserving a top five spot. I, you know, I I know, you know, same way we talk about Punk at this point right now is gonna it's not gonna be as bad, but like there's a lot of Guevara gets it too. Like it's gonna be a lot of like shit shit they're gonna get um, over the next you know. Or right now, at least, we'll see. You know if that dissipates over time, but yeah. I, so I get why I, I get why she's getting uh, people jeering at this or whatever. But she was definitely deserving of a of her spot. Yeah. So uh, number two. So I guess we should do this. Number two and number one. Uh, there were only two real options for these two spots, and I yeah. was um was pretty shocked here. But uh, I guess we'll start. Number two was Bianca Belair. Number one was Shuri. Yep. So um, let's start with Bianca. So Bianca um, has kind of risen to a spot where she's like the John Cena of women, I feel like. Um, I think she impresses in her big matches all the time. Um, you know, if they don't like I, I think the latter match they had was pretty much as much as they were going to do with Bailey's limitations physically at this right. point. Um, hey, you just came back from a really long absence from from a knee injury that, like, probably indicates that, like, you had complications. Let's put you on a ladder. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, when there's a big show that's coming and there's a Bianca Belair match, chances are it's going to be well thought out, well put together, and she's going to display her talent, her athleticism, and just, like, a great entrance, like an overall great presentation uh, yep. in wrestling. Um, that being said, she was not number one this year. Um, yep. And it's amazing that PWI 500 actually like kind of didn't just uh, bow to WWE as they do in um, some cases. And, you know, you look at Bianca's year, um, she had the belt taken off of her at the beginning of the market period yep. and was being booked atrociously up until elimination Royal chamber rumble. maybe like because i remember she got thrown out of a rumble but she, like, but she did perform early. well in the rumble though at least like she actually yeah. looked like one of the people that could actually have won until ronda came i were like oh no she's not winning yeah um they they were not letting her beat certain people yeah. at, at certain times they were doing a lot of weird stuff with her so that probably like dinged her a little bit uh but ever since she's got the title she's been you know 100 miles running essentially ever since yeah. then so uh you know but bianca's Excellent. Like so, much like how Tanya says, like you know, I'm used to make this joke about like who's gonna be Brock Lesnar. Put it on Oscar. Like when when Tanya says like put the belt on, put like have Roman drop it to to Bianca. I'd be like, yeah, same feeling I had with Oscar. Like if you're gonna like they're they're that kind of like level where they're gonna consistently be really good. They're over. They're believable. Whatever else. Like I know it's never gonna happen, but like you could do it. I would watch that match. Um, number one though. With a bullet. And <laughs> we came on this show in October 2021. And I think I just had like a breakdown of like just coming to my senses on how great Shuri was. Uh, I was like, I think we just declare like the best women's wrestler in the world. Yeah, that's when she like after after the Grand Prix, um, 
not after that 925 show when she has the match with Takumi uh, at a 20 minute time limit that I gave four and three quarters and then she goes and has the match in the final like 25 30 minutes later with uh, Momo that's that's at least four and a half might be four and three quarters is like you know with you know a 30 minute break in between it's like yeah like Mayu was the best women's wrestler in the world from like the summer 2019 until that point, and then my, and then that's when like the crown just got taken off her and was in this series. It is what it is, and like you can even argue that like if you want to like go through the run um, in the Grand Prix in general, uh, she she was t- in the process of taking it, but like that was the that was the period on the on the on the sentence um, when she took it from from Mayu, in my opinion, and like she's been running away ever since, and she she's been great. Like she's been one of the very best wrestlers in the world. Like by the end of this year. Like she's gonna finish top five in um, most outstanding in wrestler of the year for the Observer again more than like more, more likely than not um, in back to back years. I don't know if, how many women have ever done that. Might be Manami Toyota and Manami Toyota. Um, so then when you throw in the you know it's a kayfabe list of course you know just you know quality of matches and quality of opponents beating it beating is a part of that like you you know you have tommy she's beaten she's beat julia she beat mayu she beat tam all people that are way up on the list well julia's not as high as the, the, the off time she had or whatever else but like tam's tam's top 30 i think i believe mayu's top 20 ish i think you know like you know we're just utami i forgot where she is on the list but like we're talking about the former red belt champion and she succeeded um, yeah. And then she, you know, you also learn the part, like in a, during the evaluation period, she was, she always, you know, she's always had a belt on her, but like at one point for a couple or a week or two, she had three belts on her. She had SWA belt, she had a tag belt and she had the, uh, red belt. Like, yeah, she's triple champion at some point this year. And then like before she became the red belt champion, she was a double champion through that first half of the year of uh, the evaluation period. Like she, or first third or whatever, like. She um she's had an incredible evaluation period. Like yeah, she, she does not quite, lose often. Like <laughs> yeah, like I, I, she's been. I mean, outside of the Grand Prix, um, where they you know they did some weird stuff with her to tell the story of she's struggling. But like um, outside of that, I think she's been pinned in that evaluation period. Well, outside of the Grand Prix, I don't I, has she been pinned outside of Grand Prix matches. I don't think she's been pinned. So let's go through that that red belt title reign that she's currently still on. There's nine matches. Like she wins it uh, from from Utami in, yep. in, in a classic. I got I got the list right here. I'm gonna go through it. Thirty six minutes. I was gonna do it off the top of my head. I'm gonna be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just ahead. just an incredible match. I, I think like you know for my money the starting match of the year last year, not the the one that was in the summer from June 12th. Um, yeah, yeah, of last year. Uh, she she follows that up you know by by going out there with a newcomer in Mirai. Yeah. Um that you know people just did not want to say that match was awesome for some reason. Yeah. Um, she goes back-to-back nights uh, against Julia and then Mayu Iwatani. Yep. Um, the, Julia, the Julia and, um, and Shuri match is one of the five best matches in starting this year. Yep. And then she, she follows that up uh, by defeating Hameka. Yep. Um, I gave it then, like four and a quarter. I gave the Mayu match like four and a half. Yeah, she defeats Risa Sarah by TKO uh, in, a, like a death, in a sprint death match that like was just incredible. And the only knock on you can give is like it should have went longer. I get that four and a quarter. Um, <laughs> you know they they have a they have a battle of kicks with Shuri and Moto, Momo Watanabe. Four and uh, a half rematch of that of that uh, final last year. Yep, she 
She takes uh, the the next shot against Tam Nakano, defeats her just before um, the Grand Prix uh, jumps yep. off. Another like another four and a half, four and a third match. Yeah. Yep. And then you know she goes over Nanai Takahashi, you know, in, in a war. So like, right? She yeah. So she's got it, man. Like it just yeah. And wasn't, then I don't know when the cutoff was, but then you talk about her Grand Prix, like the op- her opening weekend. She has or she has a match with Azumi, and she has a match with Utami. And the match with Utami, I think, is the second best match of the, of the Grand Prix. Yeah. Like it's so. only match. It's only it's only two matches. Like eight four and a half in the whole in the whole entire um Grand Prix. Like a bunch of that stuff is like four and a third that I knocked down to uh, four and a four and a quarter, and then like you have the uh, the final with Tam and Julia, and you have the Shuri Utami match. Yeah, you know uh, like she killed it. That the being ma- said, the, in the end, at the end, the match with Tam um, in the closing stretch of it, when Tam is like uh, when when she's when Shuri is like won the title, won the champ or the Grand Prix last year, and now she's facing elimination. She has to stave off a person that is like literally chasing her throughout the year. Uh, with with her, you know, and then she she cuts her off and says like, if you want to get back to me, you got to go win this fucking tournament. It didn't happen, but that was the story. And like, literally, it was like the story is either Tam or Julia has to win the Grand Prix to get to Shuri level, Shuri's God level. That's all, that's what it was. That was the story throughout this whole year. Yeah, like she she's so. she's just this she's the mountaintop. I, I wouldn't say ace, but she is absolutely the mountain. Like, uh, I, I'm I'm really glad that they, quote unquote, got this right. Uh, I think mm. this was big for stardom. This was big for, um, I think, a lot of people. There were a lot of people upset that Bianca was not number one. Um, Tough shit. Those people I say. Like, have you watched? No. Just no. I, I, yeah. I, those people I, was, I would say, please check out Shuri before you knock her down to lift up Bianca. Because I don't think Bianca would appreciate that. <laughs> personally if you think you're riding on bianca Belair's behalf or wwe's behalf um i i gotta say man like shuri is like she's a once in a lifetime wrestler i think so um we i mean we were talking about this when um you know i found about i found out about it late like y'all were talking about it in um the largo loop thread um and josh is like is this is this legit and i was like Let's put. I'll put it to you this way. Put the list of the top ten from um, the the PWI five hundred. <laughs> Shuri, I had her ranked like she should have been in that. She should. I would have put her right between CM Punk and Hangman Page and in, uh, in uh, the PWI five hundred this year. And then like you were like, I, I would put her in front of Punk. And I was like, I mean, I, I, I gut feeling no, but I'm pretty sure I could be convinced to it given that uh, if you show me the evaluation dates because Punk missed. The beginning and the end of it. So yeah, um, but yeah, like she, like this ain't just a you know very good for a woman participation trophy. No, this one of the very be- this one of the elite in the world, the whole entire world. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Black Saber Junior brings a great point. They saw Shuri at number one and immediately turned into Jim Cornette type racist. Yeah, it, it was bad on Twitter yeah. at, at a certain point. Um, but yeah, but look, she- I, I don't. I'm, I'm not going like if <laughs> the clearest thing to show me that you have not watched Shuri is to say that is to say that, like Bianca Belair is better than her. I love Bianca. I think that I, you know, like she's one of the few reasons why I even even turn on the pay per views at this point. She, but no, it's a totally different level, and 
that's just how it's always been since we watched Stardom. Like the level is like the like, the gap in difference between Stardom and WWE Women's Wrestling is way is is not only is it larger, it has expanded. And like the gap has gotten bigger between like the gap between like when I used to watch New Japan and I watch WWE pay per views and be like this is, this is a different level. Like it's it's only gotten larger since we since in the last you know three four years or whatever. Like and they keep adding to um and I think this is a testament to Rossi um and shout out to um red leaf and uh, also alex uh, lwo uh for the uh, they put out that rossi ogawa count column for the hall of fame uh on voice of wrestling so uh if you guys have i didn't know it was out, out yet i'm gonna check it out yeah it, it was a really great column learned a lot uh about uh rossi that i, I didn't know otherwise but um yeah if you guys uh, maybe we can pop that link in the comment or something yeah i'll, I'll put um, the link in the description too uh so you can for the podcast listeners yeah and, and what they've done, like in stardom, uh, to say all that is like there's like depth and there's waves of people coming. So yep. like you know, whenever Shuri decides to lay it down, like there's the the Julian Tam uh, arc is like set to complete. Then yep. like there's Utami getting back to the title. Then there's like the, the rest the, of the Golden Generation, right? Then like it's like <laughs> Starlight Kid and Izumi are racing. Like and it's like it's I would throw a hand in with that too because she's yeah. uh, she's a. Uh, She's a year younger than no, no, two years younger than Azumi. Yep, and then Sai Kamatani is there, so like they've just there, yeah. there's depth, and then these people are all working with each other and continually getting better and producing. Yep. Um, there's not a lot of yo, we gotta stick this sorry person out there for a month because we have them employed on right. on a roster, so you gotta wrestle this person for a, for like all the house shows in a month and you know waste your time essentially. There's none of that going on right. here. And even the quote unquote sorry wrestlers are good wrestlers like Mina. Do you like? Do you uh, like? I don't, look, <sighs> Mina in the Grand Prix. Like, I think that a lot of people um, are excited for what they see as improvement. That like this newcomer improvement that she's had. Um, I think it is a uh, change in game plan. I think technically she's always she's been this good for about a year now. But like people are starting to see her like. And they're they're giving her that push to get get her, get her that title shot to get her into that you know t- like Tam last year was like trying to get her the Tam defense or uh, championship run last year was like let's go ahead and like get all these people their first defenses because that's going to be actually the white belt division going forward it's going to be Kamatani and Naspoi and Starlight Kid and Unagi and Mina and like you see like. It's gonna be Starlight Kid's gonna have that belt eventually. Natsupoi's gonna have that belt eventually. Like you, you see where it's going. So like she's gonna have some heartbreakers, and people are gonna really want her to get that belt. I don't know if she's ever gonna get it, but she, but people, but like I think that you know after seeing what she did on road shows uh, at the beginning of uh, October with uh, Kamatani, I think they're gonna have another great match. And like when she came to New York in pre-show, like she was good. She was she was good. Um, her and um. Uh, Kylie were really good together. Like, I wouldn't mind Kylie getting the tour and stardom. Obviously, she was, we already knew she was that talented. Um, but like, same for, um, um, Kylie King. Like, that match with, with, uh, Mayu was an easy four and a half star deal. And like, bring her in, give her a tour, give her three months, and, and give her a title shot at some point. But yeah, uh, so like, the waves, as you think, mentioned, like, yeah, it's a, it's a real thing. Like, there ain't too many. There ain't too many scrubs in stardom. Yeah. So like, and this is like, 
I just think it's the toughest competition, like amongst women's wrestlers. Uh, and then, you know, you just look at the rest of that list. And, you know, there's stardoms like, you know, well represented all throughout this. There's some Tokyo Joshi uh, sprinkled in as well. Yeah. Like um, Miyu and Yuka and. Uh, was Ito in the list? Should have been. Maki Ito was on the list. I, 37. Yeah. So. Um, she, was, she, was, she was IP champion for a while. So, yeah. So I, I advise you guys check out this list. It's a good list, I'd say. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, like PWI, you can. You know, always yeah. find somebody that shouldn't be somewhere. Like you right, know, they right. they. <laughs> I think the the funniest triad of of uh, ranks I see is number sixteen Azumi, number seventeen Liv Morgan, number eighteen Ronda Rousey, which is just that that's hilarious. Like those those three wrestlers <laughs> are linked together. Uh, Britt uh, was number thirteen. Britt did a lot of losing uh, in, in this evaluation period. In so. the back half, definitely, yeah. So she, um, you know, probably dropped because of there. But I, yeah. I could you have argued for Britt to be in the top ten? Sure, you could have. Uh, yeah, Jordan Grace is going to be in it. Yeah, yeah, you made the argument. Yeah. So. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what uh Jordan Grace's record looks like because she doesn't wrestle as much as Britt. It doesn't feel like, but but yeah, I guess you can make the argument. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, so moving on, uh, there was some more drama that broke out uh, regarding the um, the uh, CM Punk brawl out. I think brawl out. Brawl yeah, out. brawl yeah. out. It's like Malice um, in the Palace. Like you got to right. call it the name. So it's, it's it is lives in infamy now. Yep. Uh, can we just call it brawl brawl out gate? Can we just oh. can we throw a gate on? on oh, the back of that say, I thought you were going to say you call it a dog fight. <laughs> Speaking of a dog. <laughs> You already know. Oh, you know, that story. You already know. I don't, be, I don't be really be, you know, rocking with the, with the dolls anyway, you know, but. Um, what a story. Apparently, apparently uh, there was some information that came out of the CM Punk camp, quote unquote, that pulled up this thing that everyone immediately debunked as, as a lie. Uh, who said this? I don't know. I don't know if this is coming from Punk himself. I don't know what it is, but like this is the second time that they've mentioned this fucking dog to, to try to like drum up sympathy or whatever the fuck they're trying to do. This one coincided with the news of the elite coming back Wednesday, and I was like, I know what this is. Being backstage, like, and then they played the video. Yeah, being backstage, setting like, the setting for their setting up for the return. Yeah, this news dropped minutes before dynamite went on air mm. so the, the elite video hadn't played yet but the news was out there so this was like you know this was well-timed uh and i want to say planting. and i want to say the weekend before the, uh the la- their most recent dynamite like Meltzer was kind of like somebody was saying like hinting that like they expect them to be back imminently and yep. imminently being like literally a couple days <laughs> So the elite were actually backstage, um, but the the whole thing they said, um, you know, the the dog got his teeth hit or something like that. Yeah, and that's like, why you know the, the back and forth of like did they kick down the door, or kick in the door, or whatever else was a part of the story of, of the you know who's right, who's wrong at first, and who's then... hot, who's not. <laughs> so. Um... There's some, you know, back channel detail dropping about um, Larry the dog being close to the door when the door got kicked in, which we have now, you know, 
we have now learned that like a door was not kicked in, and like the, but the door but you, from the, you mean from the there was no of, kicking in but, of the door? But the door but, no but, but, but the, the story goes the story goes that the door was if the door was kicked in, then like apparently it hit the dog and it caused the dog to have loose teeth, and then we find out that like the dog was already set up for an appointment for uh for a checkup like beforehand. Like no, look, I don't know how. Look, I don't know how people handle their uh their pets that they treat like their children. So like it might have already slaves. it might have already been a well th- well um I'm not even gonna get into it. I'm not gonna nobody mad at us. We, we only, look we're trying to gain followers, not lose them. Let's let's stop. Just move on. Let, let's just move over that. Um, let's let's take the little issue and just like put it in our pocket and just like leave it there and never talk about it again. But uh yeah um. I don't know how they I don't know how they do that as far as like you know regular checkups how often checkups are is it like you know is it literally like similar to like to humans where it's like all right every six months you know check up and then if like there's any little thing I notice or weird habit check you know obviously do that but like where it was like he was already this was a pre-planned uh visit where this happened to find about find out about loose teeth so now it's like okay so like this is this is this is like garbage details to try to you know i'm not no like trust me i understand that like there's an independent investigator involved in all this and why witnesses the parts of the company that have no you know they have no real stakes in this that are saying they're mostly coming down on saying punk was in the wrong punk side was in the wrong of this but like trust me like they didn't even bother interviewing me and plus my dog got his teeth knocked out from his door that like everyone that says wasn't kicked in but i said it was kicked in and it kicked it hit my dog in the mouth like it's you know what I'm saying it's it's a, it's it's a lot of weird, co- man there's a lot of copium going around like you know uh, I, I feel like when the young bus return you know they need to be welcomed with this music and James if you got to pull this up later write it down uh, the timestamp here but uh, send me the link to it in, uh, later. I got to talk. I gotta tell what I feel. I gotta talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. Uh huh. Uh, this goes out to you. This goes out to you and you and you. This man is playing you. The door. This goes out to you. <sighs> this goes out to you. Uranium is hot with Sherald at the cons. Man, you know if I, you know if I was real angry, right? You know I, I, I you know <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. So you put um, this record on the dog. No, not on the dog. No, no. You basically you do a, a, a freestyle by CM Punk on the kick in the door beat, and then you you say you ran on the top with short like leprechauns, all that shit, and just you know take off on them, and then talk about the bucks kicking the doors down. But um, yeah, uh, another thing that came from this thing was Chris Jericho. Um, <laughs> now, bro, you. I uh I would sleep that night. That that news broke late as fuck uh about Jericho's involvement that night. Um I, I think James had actually said one of our group chats basically when y'all wake up, y'all see about yep. Jericho. Yeah, I yeah, for some reason I was up at like four AM, you know, one of them weird nights for me. And like I saw the story come out because it was from actually it was probably like five because actually it was like the absorber dropping and like the details that, came oh. out, and I was like, "I'm not even gonna put it in there, but like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give you all some hints. I put in gifts of Jericho and like at different uh, places and whatever else, because like, everyone's be like, yeah, yeah, and like, 
uh, I saw some people say that like this is him being politically shrewd to get some cool points with the AEW fans or whatever else, and I and I have to like I guess I have to remind people like Jericho was always in like this story from an oral history standpoint because he's the person that like when people make the jo- made the jokes on Twitter and he showed the, the picture like after the press conference was wrapped up you can see uh, Jericho whisper into Tony Khan's ear and what did they what did they put up as a side by side the dude that whispered to George Bush about the pl- about planes running into not into the twin towers and they and they made that joke so he was always involved in the story um and then when you heard about like the players or not the players but like the, the the personnel meeting or the roster meeting after the fact to try to cool down some of the stuff who did they say was running it? They said it was Danielson and Moxley and Jericho. So, like, he was always involved in this thing. Promos on TV where he's talking about his, his locker room and right. all this other stuff. Like, and he said it twice. He yelled it twice for emphasis. Yep. Yep. And we so, all knew what he meant when he said that shit. Yep. Um, and, 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 like, he all, and he also, you got to throw in his history. He's the dude that confronted Brock Lesnar after he did the uh, the legitimate elbow into uh, Randy's head to hard way him to get the story over and they never clued in the guys on or the wrestlers in on that. So he's like, what the fuck did this dude just shoot on this guy? Like the Goldberg stuff. Like he is always, not always, but like he has a history of butting in in into stuff that may or may not actually involve him for the better, for the, for the betterment of the roster or the promotion, any promotion he's been in. So like, yeah, this isn't like some newfound thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah a, lot, a lot of copium, a lot of tears. Yeah, a yeah. lot of tears uh, that that are going on. Like, nah, man. Like, like I I don't feel like Jericho would have any reason to fear CM Punk um, for for any reason. Um, but yeah, like this came from Fightful. It was like you know multiple sources said Jericho approached Punk basically unhappy about the fight, and you know as well as the nature of the scrum that had taken place. Uh, he basically told CM Punk that he was a cancer to the locker room and a detriment to the company. Um, and then, you know, it kind of came up through the observer that Jericho said he would never work with punk. There are numerous others, top stars that share that sentiment, but Jericho's name was out front on it. Um, is there probably likely some, Hey, can we get this guy out the way element to it? Possibly. There's yes. definitely some of that. And there's definitely some of the part where like, they're mad. They're mad and they're, like, they're trying be- to protect. Just this because thing. you say you won't work with this guy doesn't mean over time you won't. You you know, pe- like people get over things, right? Like, how many times did we hear from in the mid or in the late nineties that like Sean and Brett were never going to work with each other again? And lo and behold, what do they do? Work with each other again? Like that happens. People get mad at each other, and then people get over things. And like people, some of the things they say, they don't hold up to it or they change their mind on it because they have got let things go. Like, so what they said at the time or right now, we don't know if that's forever, but that's not the point. Like if so many people are unhappy with one person being around, then maybe a decision needs to be made. Yeah. Um, and, and this is like, you know, Jericho. And is this where we talk about Kyrie again or, or no? um and this was like another um you know point for the for the legend of of chris jericho um the books that come out of this thing is gonna are gonna be incredible i think and the the podcasts and um because it seems like people are just gonna keep talking about this stuff now the investigation's over the leader back um 
CM Punk's still injured, so I don't know if he would be back anyway. Um, we'll they, find out whenever they've got he a long up, time. Whatever. Yeah, they, they've no. got a long time to figure that out. Yes, whether that's happening, but it, it looks very unlikely right now, according to like every report that's been out for like six weeks. But yeah, you never know on these yeah, things. Like he, so. was he like seven or sorry, seven six months out now? It's yeah. an eternity. Yep. So, um, interesting. Interesting. Uh, there, like, I think a lot of people think this is the, you know, I, I mentioned that he was going to be the Pat Patterson to, to AEW, and so this is a way to do it. Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But talk about other old wrestlers. KG Muto. Man, uh, if you guys don't know what has been going on with KG Muto this year, this man has put together an all-time run for the Finesse of the Year Award. He's practically yeah. begging you guys to vote for him. And I know we don't cover Pro Wrestling Noah as, you know, ex- extensively or anything, but we, uh, we have found a way uh, to talk about Muto but, all year. But we have talked about Muto uh, not regularly, but like uh, not irregularly on the show and He's done New Japan. He's about to do Japan again. And he was on AEW. So, like. He's coming to you, whether you yeah, like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, um, like that no time. We're coming to America. Like, yes. <laughs> so, not only did this man land Sting to come to Pro Wrestling Noah yep. for him. Uh, he landed a check with the Arthur Ashe shit. Yep. Um, he has now got Shinsuke Nakamura from WWE booked against him in Noah. Yeah, for the uh, Morgan Hall uh, New Year's Day show. Yes. And (laughs) unbelievable that this is happening. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura described it as a, quote, miracle that this is happening. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, This should be... An interesting watch. I, I don't think it's going to um, necessarily light the world on fire. A lot of people think uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is going to suddenly, uh, you know, try uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, he, that will be we'll fucking. See, that will be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. You know, like we see so many wrestlers, um, Japanese wrestlers, they wrestle how they wrestle in their home promotion. And then they come, they come to WWE or AEW or somewhere else, and like they're just on a different level. They don't hit each hard as hard. They get whatever, whatever reason, whatever happened. And you're just like, what, what's going on? Or like they think they have to play like a, a characteristically like hit like evil Japanese foreigner thing or whatever else. So is so like yeah, like if if we if this man comes back and he, and it is 2015 16 again, I am going to holler. This is what he thinks of us. <laughs> this is what he well, thinks about I, us. I, I will be having a word on Twitter with, with all the people that, that tell me all he wants to do is surf. I'm like, no, he laid it down on y'all. Y'all have been finessed. We told y'all like that this man was 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 real, but like that stuff y'all trying to say is real is not re- not the real. Yeah. Like and, and that's e- the real. And even if like Nakamura is current status is like that's what he actually is. There is still a path towards a, a, a fun, entertaining, ma- quality match with Muto based around like just a game of attrition and basically turn into like a Tanahashi match where it's like, I only thing I look, 
I, I don't have knee, or as far as uh, Muto, my hips are gone, my knees are shot, like, or sorry, my hips are replaced, my knees are shot, like, all I, and like, you know, my signature moves, they still look great, I'm gonna work around that, I'm a, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, tear, turn his knees into putty, and then it's gonna be a game of, it's gonna be an old man game of attrition, like, that match he had with Kaito Kiyomi, where, uh, where he beat him, where uh, Kaito Kiyomi beat him, like, that match is that match, except like Kiyomiya is like having a performance of his lifetime around this guy and is that's that limited and the match is still great, very great. So like there is still a path to have a quality match with Muto at this stage. Um and like we'll see what we'll see what's happening. I'm interested in the match. Like the, him back in Japan in a promotion where you you know they know they don't play that shit, it's interesting to see how he's gonna perform. Nakamura. It definitely is. Yeah, um, Zach thinks the match is gonna suck. Uh, I am imploring. I, uh, there, there is a bus rate. There is a bus percentage on it. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I would love to know Kano's thoughts on this match. I, I would love to hear him, <laughs> uh, you know, storm the ring with a mic and, and say, "Take that shit back to Shinihan." Like, like y'all, y'all bringing these these <laughs> old motherfuckers into our promotion. Yeah, another one of these. How many? Look that Danny Green bubble jersey. How many more? Yes. Yes. <laughs> We need Kado to come uh, out there and, and and wreak havoc. So um, a lot of people are, you know, jumping off the bridge. Like, yo, there's a the forbidden door is open. WWE and New Japan are working together. That's what you know they're saying. Because I, I saw that's I what saw they're saying. Like but um, they had, um, you know, I, Sue, Sue <laughs> Williams had Masawa's ring. Yes, brother, we are long past disrespecting that ring. Um, the uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, yeah. Uh, as far as the 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 no the WWE thing, uh, Sue Williams had the I think the statement to watch on this thing. He's like, "Yo, man, don't look now, but or pay attention to." They may be trying to backdoor and weasel NXT Japan uh, all of this shit. Like they're they're trying to basically they're doing this shit with Carl Anderson to, to play nice with New Japan, mm-hmm. uh, which is clearly a storyline. Um, they're sending Shinsuke Nakamura to Noah. Like, so what you got to ask? What is WWE getting in return out of this? A lot of people were saying, oh, you know, Muto can be in the Royal Rumble and stuff like that. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, but Muto I, is I, Muto is you know big enough for them to want him there, and then they can do even do a thing where they add him or whatever else. Given that you know they own the tapes of WCW stuff or whatever else, so like, or and also you know WCW slash um, Crockett. So like, I can see it because the same thing the same thing applies to the reason why they did the thing with Liger. Like it's a it's a thing of the give your give their their Hall of Fame things his legitimacy as a worldwide yeah. thing. That's why the reason why they put in Tatsumi too. So. So um, I don't know, like, there's something they're getting out of it. I don't know what it is yet, but um, keep your eyes open and, you know, watch some of this stuff that's going on with the with the younger wrestlers as well, well like Yuya Uemura, and there, there's a lot Carl of, like... Carl Fredericks. Carl Fredericks. <laughs> did he, did he a, get a tryout recently? I think Fredericks was at the PC. I don't I don't know specifically, okay. but... Uh, so at are, the PC, I, I took that to mean took a tryout. Maybe he didn't take a tryout, but he was definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like there's a lot of like wheels in motion for something nasty. You got Shawn Michaels openly. Did I say Tatsumi when I meant Fujinami? What the fuck am I doing? Tatsumi Fujinami. I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but you got Shawn Michaels openly in interviews talking about they want to do NXT Mexico. They want to do NXT Japan. Yep. So that was what keep... like two, three weeks ago. Yep. 
Yeah. So so yep. keep your eyes open. Like these like and I think Triple H is ruthless on a level that even Vince isn't because I don't really think Vince really cared about like Japanese promotions like that. After like, a certain amount of time, he didn't because he didn't. He he he. You know he. The, you know the reason why he at, brought in like those um, Mishinoku Pro guys was because like he thought that he needed to catch up or match with the cruiserweight stuff that was going on television. Like in at this stage, he doesn't think that you know at this stage like he doesn't care anymore. So like um. I think that, like, <clears throat> I think that, or sorry, Vince in, in particular. I think Triple H, he, he, you know, he cares about having good wrestling on his shows, like historically. So, um, and I it, think he's going to re-implement. He's doing everything else, like to re-implement old strategies, bringing all these old people back. What was his biggest thing he wanted to do? Global localization. Yeah, of course then, that's like, coming you know, back. And then re- you know, eventually, like you know, shutting down UK and then rebranded to Europe. When like you know, like in you know, there was always a plan to do NXT Europe. They were going to do a UK and a Europe. Now it's just like, let's just turn it into Europe. Like, yeah, like he, it was always, that was his idea. So, so James, he like, wanted, you um, know, remember on, on that map, India was there. Uh, there was, remember they were trying to get a Latin American tournament in a South, in a South America also going. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we got to send wrestlers like that, like evil Watanabe. We got to send Sonata. We got to send Natsuko Tora. <laughs> We we got a lot of Japanese wrestlers for you, Triple H. If, if you want to start up NXT Japan, <laughs> no, no, James, no, is there anybody Zach, else you can think Zach, of? No, no, no. Zachy Post said that WWE presents Zona Twenty Three. Yeah, it, bro, if they bought Zona Twenty Three, <laughs> they out here wrestling, they out here wrestling, having death matches in the fucking in the fucking car dump. In the, so it's a massively different world in japan than it was too like they they were trying to buy noah and dragon gate and star before and those companies when they were smaller told them to get fucked now they're all like you know under corporations aside from dragon gate so yeah um i i don't think we have to worry about like noah getting bought out or anything um at this rate but as far as like you know them putting tentacles in the company trying to plant roots like WWE is not a bad word around there. Different stuff like that. Like right. these are the first signs of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. and I think I think with like so many freelancers, especially in uh, from the woman's perspective, from the judge's perspective, like there are going to be people that want deals that aren't necessarily like can just bank on just like being secure off nomads and selling pictures or whatever else. Like you know, someone like a Jungle Kiona. Someone, you know, someone like Arisa Sarah. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they be interested if they was if they were reached out to Maya Yuki? Look, like, all these guys in Noah that are watching all these old guys, like, uh, you know, come impatient. back in for spots. Yeah, if they become impatient, yeah, yeah. So, like, if they set it up, someone will go. Mako Satomura is going to be back there probably. Yep. If they set it up, people will go. So. um Besides that, uh, we had some breaking news in the chat. Alexa Bliss and Oscar are the new women's tag team champions. Um, okay, Black Sabre Jr., this may shock you. I do not know who the previous women's tag team champions Hold were. On. Let me guess. I'm going, um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't type in the thing. Um, Wasn't it Raquel? Wasn't it? Uh, I'm sorry, Raquel Rodriguez. Because you know they called Raquel Gonzalez. Nah, they lost that shit. They lost him. 
Yep, he lost that shit. I don't know who I don't know who took him off. Who they took? Who took him off him? I don't Damage know. control. Oh, that, that's, that's right. who it was. That's who they it was. beat them two weeks after the tournament. So yeah, um, yeah. So it's okay. Yeah, Yazor Hart Damage Control really is cooked. Yeah, I mean they lost the pay per view match. They lost the belts. Now I mean, you know, Sarah Logan soon. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Um, she yeah, is yeah. due to come back, isn't she? Yes, they're running vignettes for her. I didn't know that, but I could have swore I heard people or someone was saying that like they they're expecting her to get hired again, rehired. Yeah, of course. Triple yeah. H bringing the whole gang back, everybody. Um, but yeah, man, um, she had better. I bet Dakota ate the pin. She had better. What else she there for? She's a good wrestler, but you get my point. Triple H has always seen her as what? A talented pin eater. So um, we opened up uh, AW Dynamite this week. Uh, this is a show that had John Moxley defend the championship against Penta. Uh, there was a tag match with FTR and Swerve in our glory. Uh, opened up with Casanoli and Wheeler Utah taking on Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia. So uh, Regal came on commentary, uh, and boy, that shit that he's saying to Excalibur, it just gets seemingly nastier by the week. Like, I'm pretty sure they about to be at it, going at it in one way or another. My, so My thoughts were, like, it's a race between Regal and Britt Baker on which commentary member is going to – or which commentary member they're going to fuck. Like, that – I. I <laughs> Like, in my mind, I thought that. Like, look, I this was the first... I know people have been talking about it for weeks, and, like, I've noticed it for weeks, but, like, this was the first time I actually laughed at it. <laughs> I forgot what he said, but I laughed at it this time, for real. He like, said, I think, like, creme brulee or something. Yes, like. he said it was, like, a creme each like, 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 like a scrumptious creme brulee. I was like, oh, my fucking God, this guy's out of control. <laughs> yes, grab him. <laughs> Someone get the net gun for this dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jericho ended up taking the pin here, cleans the sheet uh, to Casignoli. Casignoli did uh, his his big hot tag where he runs around the um you know the outside and yep, goes uh, all that stuff. So it always gets uh, over too. Yep. Uh, so that was cool. Um, and you know, kind of puts uh, Jazz on her ass. Jazz has been running wild for probably about a month now. They haven't really like looked really weak at all. Um, Wheeler was Wheeler in. Garcia anytime they're opposite each other. Yep. It's pretty good. Um and is it too early to call them generational rivals or just like they're definitely gonna be wrestling each other? They're definitely be like key rivals for each other for their careers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um so they basically uh, had Hager outside. He basically got tripped, <laughs> by, tripped in front of Aubrey. Jericho did a springboard drop kick that sent uh, Casanoli out. Uh, there was uh, more, you know, just various like hot tags with Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Jericho tried to use the bat, but he got power bombed. Uh, there was a big giant swing, uh, and then you know, it's a giant swing where uh, I don't know, like it was a giant swing plus an airplane spin. It was super <laughs> impressive. Yeah, like that. Dude oh yeah, so he had him strong. doubled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude's so strong. So um, after that, it kind of kind of rolls into uh, backstage where Brian Danielson's sitting there. Uh, he's pretty frustrated that he lost uh, to Jericho. Uh, Garcia turned on him, and Wheeler talked back to him. Renee was here uh, with him. Renee was all over this damn show. Um, 
he basically says he realized people hate Sammy Guevara. He's going to take out all his frustrations on him tonight. Uh, Willie Yuta <laughs> interrupted and, and basically said he's not a kid. He's a grown-ass man, and it's his birthday. I'm telling you, bro, that kid shit, that shit ain't – like, they, they act like Chris Paul. You know, <laughs> like, like somebody <laughs> tapped him on the head. Like, that shit ain't, you know. Um, and then, you know, he shoved him. And then Casanova came out and basically, like, held these, you know, two men, grown men apart with his bare hands. Yes, because um, he's the real adult. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you see him there with the fucking massive chest. And, right. Like, you know, and it's so like, much taller than both of them. Yes. And then, like, and then you think of, like, how, like. You know, he's had to carry off Moxie before the fucking world champion. Yes, like, this man, this man, this man is decided, so strong. This man picks up Moxley. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Until like, he decides. Yes, picks up a man as billed as 231. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he, uh, he's unintentionally popped me doing this stuff. Yeah. Uh, he basically said after uh, Brian wins, they're going to sit down and hash things out like gentlemen. I felt like which, they were taking which, shots. Which which led into what happened later uh, in the main event angle. Yeah. Then we got a video package and the elite were on it. So um, they start going through. Uh, it's a 15 second video package. They're uh, showing all the voiceover stuff from some of the initial promo material to showing them various times where they were winning championships and important moments in AEW history. And they're getting like Thanos snap erased, essentially going up in flames. Yes, turn into dust. Yes. Something like that. The world's dumbest people on the internet got a hold of this and thought this was a sign that the elite were like out of AEW. That's, um, not, how, that's not how that works. You don't, pro- <laughs> you, don't, you don't cut vignettes explaining that someone is leaving the company. Who, who has ever done that? What the fuck, man? Why are they so dumb? The cope, the cope. Yeah, they, it makes it makes their brains not work the way they should. Yeah. Um. So, uh, my timeline exploded. Uh, you know, all, all the all the folks, all the elite fans were very happy to see these guys back on the screen. This seems to be like the start of the storyline that um, is going to get them back in. And it looks kind of interesting. So it's like yeah. they're 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 not like. Um, like I think they're doing the classic elite fashion where they are addressing something in a way where it's like, oh, it's clearly this is what it is, but you know they, you know it's it's more subtle and and it at least has people kind of wondering like which way they're gonna go with it. So do they come back and they're like, you know, kind of remorseful, kind of contrite? Like are they mm-hmm. how are they playing this this history of AEW thing? Because I think that's really important. So uh, I'm excited to see you know where it goes. Yeah, um, I was interested. I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, I want to say a week or two ago, I was like, you know, I wonder, like, if and when they come back, like, how are they going to come back? Like, they can't just, like, they can't just announce a match and just business as usual. They have to do something, and this is something. So, I I, I appreciate the part where they were, can't just be like, you know, what do you mean? Coming we're, up what, next. What, do you, what do you mean, where have we been for the last two months? You know, like, <laughs> no, get the fuck out of here. You got to dread, you got to actually, like, acknowledge that, like, people, you know, Somebody's been missing. People have been missing in why, right? Like you can't just like pretend they got you know like they've been going and like you got like men in black memory wiped and now they're back. Like get out of here. Yep. So um, after that, we had uh, Shivani who's backstage with with the Jazz. They were pissed about the loss. Jericho said he op- uh, is issuing an open challenge to any former ROH champion next week, uh, and it can be any kind of ROH champion. I later learned. So mm, okay. um, this could be fucking anybody. Like I, I don't know who it is, but um, 
I thought it was going. I still think it's going to be Jerry Lynn. Could be. It could be Jerry Lynn because he, he is a former Orange uh, World Champion, and they laid him out uh, two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so like, which means he's clear for con. He's clear for physical activity at some to some level. Man, uh, I wonder. I wonder what he can do. It's probably still good. Yeah. Um, it's probably still good. Uh, so Sam Guevara didn't say he's going to beat Brian Danielson because he's that damn good, and you know they just talked a bunch of shit. So um, after that, Swerve in our glory took on FTR. Uh, I think this was the best match of the night. Um, I mean, there were three. There were three great matches on the show. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, I kind of was. I kind of didn't like analytically think of which matches were better, but I just was like, oh yeah, this match is like the opener, great opener. This match great, yep. and then the main event was great too. So I was just like, okay, three great matches. I didn't even think about like giving uh, star ratings. This is a number one contenders match for the tag team championships. Um, I think Swerve FTR, and Dan- FTR in like. They fumbled a couple things early on, but it was because like they were they were they put their foot on the gas. Like the pacing in this match was excellent. Yeah, they um like I think there was a part where Swerve slipped on the ropes that, but yeah. you know yeah. he came and kind of turned that into a cross body anyway. They kind of just rolled with it, but I yeah. think all in all, Swerve and Dax were excellent together, and um like Swerve was like kind of laying out like a lot of like creative ways to get in and out of moves. And basically I think the, the standout of the match for me was that uh, the, the roll through off that, uh, you know, that, that Tully style sit out power bomb off the rope thing, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool. Uh, I thought Keith Lee looked decent here. Well, it was, it was, he gives the slingshot power bomb. He, he, Hurricane Rana, he gets, he rolls through the Hurricane Rana, gets him up and then does it again. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, Lee basically uh, was basically like standing in the middle of the ring, but still being really mobile and agile and watching FTR kind of fly around him both ways, mm-hmm. which is really cool to see. Uh, it was so- it was weird. Like the uh, was it uh, the, you know, the superplex other person from the um, not not diagonal corner, but from the next corner from the neutral power corner, over, like gives it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but like Keith Lee, like, like he, he tried the, to he get took up. Superplex, he took the superplex and it's like he flipped to his back. And I don't know if that was to, I don't know what it was about. I, I have no idea, but I thought I think was, you forgot <laughs> the move. But that, I mean, that's look, suplex. Like, because like, uh, Cash, look, Cash, he didn't even wait. He just like, he, I'm going. Like, by the time he flipped to his back, I think, I think Cash is already in the air. And yeah. it was, and luckily nothing, you know, bad happened with it. He ended up like landing, um, relatively safely. But I was like, oh, this could be bad. But luckily, it wasn't. Lots of chops in this match. Um, uh, they did a, a cool um, uh, German suplex uh, from Wheeler. Uh, there was yeah. uh, um, they hit the chair. Sound, they hit the uh, shatter machine, and then um, for the near fall, uh, they were they were. Further away from the this corner, they're from the side of the ring that was furthest away from the hard camera. So like, Swerve was able to grab uh, Dax's foot and pull him out the ring to, uh, for to make a save. So yeah, that was cool. Look, that was way. Yep. Look, if that had been a ref pulled out, I hated it. <laughs> I would have hated it <laughs> so much. <laughs> but luckily, it was a it was um it was a wrestler, so that was cool. Yep. Um. So all this is happening while the Gun Club is sitting ringside. So yeah, um, dressed as FTR. Yes, which is. Or parody dress as a parody version of FTR. Sorry, <laughs> like it's like Inception, you know, because 
no, I'm not going to even do it. But um, yeah, but basically it ends up Swerve hitting a low blow with a ref turn um, outside the ring. Uh, Keith, Lee Keith Lee ended didn't up, see it. Yeah, Keith Lee didn't see it, and he put uh, Dax away with the ground zero, so Dax takes the pin. Uh, and after the match, Gun Club beat down FTR. Acclaim makes a save. Uh, I, you know, I thought this was an awesome match. Uh, get Swerve and Lee back in number one, so we're back to uh, Swerve and Lee versus the Acclaimed. And I think I don't think the Acclaimed is as red hot as they were. I would say when they won the titles. And think so? I, it's only been I, I mean, weeks. they're still hot. Like, I think, like, don't get it wrong. They're still hot, right? But they what do you think has cooled them off? Huh? What do you think has cooled them down over the couple weeks? I think they're just not like wrestling as much like on Dynamite. Like they they had true. a good showing on the on um on Rampage like two weeks ago. Um, okay. they had the program with with the varsity guys like Nice and Woods and stuff like that. They had International Scissoring Day, which was fucking excellent. Um, uh, they. Don't get it twisted. These guys are great. They're doing awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think if they drop these belts back to Lee and Swerve, they can continue what what it seemed like Lee and Swerve were like headed to do anyway. And it was like, well, they paid off the acclaim, like getting super hot at at that point. Take it off them, and then you know it's their long road to win them shits back. But whatever's going on with Lee and Swerve, so demands the belts. So. I don't disagree, and that's the reason why I didn't think they should have changed the titles to begin with. Um, but the crowd loves them, so I thought like neither neither decision was a bad decision to whoever they decided to go with. Um, you saying what you just said to me, it, it reminds me of like when Japanese wrestlers get the top title for the first time. It's like you get it, you lose it pretty quick, and then you got to go get it back again, and then you get your substantial run. Um, so I, I don't hate that idea if that is like what they have, or that is what the plan of as of right now is for them whereas like you're gonna be a featured staple keystone of the tag division but we need to do this ftr triple belt thing and we think that you know swerve in our glory is like the better opponent to have like this classic match to cement ftr down the line i i I don't mind that like in fact when they won when they won this that's the first thing that went off my head is like they're gonna belt back and that's what they're gonna do i would love that yeah, so um you know, NXT. <laughs> <laughs> um they it, you know, the secret society. <laughs> you zoom it inside this shit. You know. Look, secretly James Boyd is only watching AEW just to watch the old NXTX. You know, Kenny Omega's there, and, that, and that's cool too, right? <laughs> Sick man. Sick man. Uh, so, let's see. We have some some comments here. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Shit. Lots of, lots of, uh, lots of comments. So, let's, let's read some of these. Um, so, uh, <laughs> James Brown, Y.O. Uh, oh, wow. E.O. ate the pin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, uh, gross, uh, disgusting. I'm kind of glad to come back uh, after we got more hindsight. They could have been booed before, but we got the info and they're super over. I don't think they were ever gonna get booed. The only yeah, person like never get booed. I thought that like I thought all people, all parties come back, but when they bring back, but if they were gonna bring back CM Punk, they were have to bring it back as a heel because he was definitely gonna get booed. Right? Like I thought that was I. 
that was my gut feeling on how it was going to be if they all returned. I think, you know, I don't think people are going to boo uh, the elite outside of, you know, 25% of the crowds in Chicago when they go there. But then, and then the match will start going off and then they'll stop booing. So, um, a couple of these. Uh, yeah. Oh, Jay Brown was there. He said Gun Club was industry planning FTR chance. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it, it, look, industry look. plants, industry planting. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, from there, uh, we got, uh, MJF and, uh, or excuse me, we got, uh, Britt Baker was to ride backstage and basically Britt came in and Renee was like, nah, we ain't doing this. And yes. <laughs> lady civility, please. Yep. Then, uh, Renee was back up there again. And she introduced MJF basically came out. Um, he, <laughs> you know, got asked, you know, about Moxley defending the title against Pentagon. Uh, MJF basically started, uh, mocking John Moxley and doing the, the shoulders and, yes. and all that shit. And basically said he's going to eat his piss and a bunch no, of no, stuff. No, no, no. Like, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to drink your blood. I'm going to eat your bones. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, and then he closes it with like, his voice sounded like Jericho. He said, I'm going to gargle your piss. I fucking howl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like those first two things. Moxie definitely would say some shit like that, but like you got to clown him for the fact that he says ridiculous things like this. Like I'm a yes. cannibal. Like all right, there you go, there you go, goofy. Uh, <laughs> he basically uh, he's, he called the mid, told Renee to shut her mouth when she said she couldn't say stuff like that. MJF's like winking and nudging at the crowd the whole time, like yes. leaning into the babyface. Call them devil worshippers again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he basically said he got to help, help himself, saying that he's going to wrestle the whole match clean. You know, he, he, he's still MJF. Uh, yes. He made a promise he's not going to use the ring, but he's going to. He, he's not fighting uh, John Moxley. He's fighting everyone who said he wasn't good enough at full gear. He's going to shove it down our throats when he becomes an uh, AW champion. Uh, then Stokely came out. Uh, he was going to say his line, but uh, you know, MJF slapped the. Uh, the mic out his hand basically said if Moxley gets past Pentagon tonight, the firm uh, isn't to lay a hand on him until full gear. And if they do, Stokely's fired and the firm is fired by association. Um, so <laughs> I have some thoughts about this whole thing. I, I guess, you know, this kind of you wait to the main event angle or yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wait to the main okay. event angle. Okay. Um, so after that, we got Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara. And this was Excellent. I forgot about this match. Yeah, there are four great matches on the show. <laughs> yeah, this is this, this might have been the best match too. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, this this was fucking awesome. Um, like, yeah. If y'all want to lie about Sammy Guevara, say sorry. I y'all, y'all just gonna be lying. But um, you know, in in Danielson, like. If you don't like Sammy Guevara, I'm sure you got some enjoyment out of watching Brian Danielson beat the uh, shit out kick, of him. Correct, and, and you know, shot to kick, kick that kick man him, to death, kick him, chop him, uh, submit him, uh, you know, all that shit. So, um, uh, super uh, crazy move from I, I think uh, Guevara did like a top rope aside moonsault to the outside of the ring that was yeah, yeah insane yeah. looking apron. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. apron to top rope. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, you know, Sammy or Sammy was imitating him with the, with the yes kicks who, who woke him up. Uh, Danielson was walking through uh, forearms like he was Ishii and yes. shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this was excellent. Uh, this is, this, yeah, this was fucking much. excellent. Like, and you know, it's, 
uh, as a big fan of both of these guys, I was like, yo, this, this, this appeals, this appeals to your boy right here. So, uh, love seeing the class of styles here. Uh, thought these guys would always have an interesting match and uh boy did they it was good this is a pay-per-view quality match i thought yeah great match after that um we ha- oh and fucking danielson did like a poison rana like the, the yeah, world's yeah, slowest yes, yes, poison rana yes, it was funny i mean look <laughs> look the thing that's so amazing about the, what, what danielson does right now is it like he wrestles at this level and you and like i can i just watch him like intently. Like you see the way he like keeps his head and neck like protected on bumps and falls. And it's like, how the fuck is this dude this good to have, be able to do all this stuff and have the presence aware of all in like uh ring positioning to like, literally like he he's, he's babysitting himself on some of these bumps. I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just like, I, just, I think just think he's brilliant. He's just, he's just fucking brilliant. Um, and like the way he did that hurricane Rana, yes, a little slow, but it also is like, he was nowhere close to having his neck, you know, like Matt strike the mat or match strike the, uh, the mat. I thought, I think the dude is just great. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, bad night for jazz. Uh, big night for oh, Black Saber giving it to you in the in the comments, Rich. Yep, yep. He said Jericho Appreciation Society went zero and three like the Lakers. I resent that. We got one win. Um, you know, one win. You know, so we we on the board. You know, gotta give give us a chance. You know, the Lakers um, like that was a weird thing. Like I remember when we was talking about that um about like during the season preview stuff. He was saying like. The Lakers don't have like their normal schedule where like they kind of get fed powder puffs historically at the beginning of the year because it's like, good no. for the it's good for the league for them to like get out the gate early, get some entry because it's like same thing with the Cowboys when like the Cowboys like start out like four and one and begin to begin the seasons kind of similar to this year. But you get my point. Like give them a powder puff schedule at the beginning, they're America's team. Let let and then let the gamblers let the gambling flow and then go from there and sell it. Not this year. They they said they hey. they patting them up with some real tough teams to start out. Hey, six man of the year, Russ. I start. I start the agenda. I got to see what he looks like coming up. Look, I look. He did look, the game. I, I, I looked what he. I saw. I saw the highlights. He looked energized. He looked energized the way he hadn't looked earlier in the, in the uh, beginning of the season. Um, I want to. I just. I, I want to see it in person. I haven't seen an in person game with Lakers since uh, the opening night. So yeah. Um, there be more thoughts on it. Like. If he's, there's no reason why he can't kill on, you know, yeah. kill on, kill as a as a six man. There's no reason why he shouldn't be able to do that. He's he's a hall he of fame. Like he, he looked like he had his springs, like for the couple clips I saw. So that was he was able to get in the rim. But I mean, I don't know yeah. how much that is. Like you know, he's out here because he cooked fucking Jamal Murray. But it's Jamal Murray, like just coming off. You know, like they didn't know if he's gonna be able to start the season, like to start the yeah. you know, opener. So like yeah, but either way, he still cooked him. And boy, would as like, and he was doing a shimmy at the end. I was like, okay. You got some joy back because that so, was a rough uh, week. Yeah, that, that was a real, real bad week for us. So, um, uh, Renee was backstage again. <laughs> bro, all right, stop, so stop now because this is the second time I forgot about this other one, bro. They hired Renee and Millie put her ass to work. <laughs> yes, she's she she's the hardest working woman in sporting showbiz right now. <laughs> Like, like, oh y'all, y'all said Renee was great. All right, we gonna see. Do you like, remember? Like, it reminded me of like 
some of those episodes of Dynamite where they would have like Shivani like here, there, and everywhere, like for, in like three back to back segments, except like they got Renee like doing all the backstage stuff, and it seems like they're doing more like back backstage pre taped stuff um, on this particular episode than like normal episodes of Dynamite. So, I, so like it just stuck out to me like she was like here, there, everywhere, just just. Anybody oh, needs a mic? Anybody needs to be asked questions? I'm the one. You come to me. So um, she did an interview with Phoenix and, and Alex Abrahantes. Said Penda's going to be the double champion, and then Phoenix should become the next All Atlantic champion. Christian and Luchasaurus roll up. Said uh, you know they deserve a shot. Orange Cassidy comes in with the backpack. Of course, the belts in there. Uh, said next week, let's do this. So the All Atlantic title has become. Uh, a triangle match championship uh, the last couple weeks, it seems like. Yeah, it's turned into that, was it uh, the Ice Ribbon Triangle belt, whatever is the one that, like, the, all belts are, all belts are, all matches are, like, triple threat matches. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, just for a second, you know, they said, you know, Abraham said, Penta could be double champ, Phoenix could be double champ in, like, I was happy. Just thought of it. I knew it was never gonna happen, but it made me happy. Like, yeah, they could. They, they, you know what? They should do that. Yeah, take the belt. Take the belt off Orange Cassidy. Take the belt off John Moxley. Let's do this. Uh, obviously, it's not gonna happen. We have great options as champions right Turn now. But Benjamin, lose your Libre real quick for a month or two. You know. <laughs> look, look. I watch. You know, I watch over ninety percent of AEW television and pay per view. I don't know why you can't book for me occasionally. You know. Rossi books for me, you know, pretty regularly. Tony Khan does too, but you know, you know, I see some things and be like, "That's interesting. You should, you should, you should explore that." You know, Speaking that's all. Of that, explore next that. Next match: Jamie Hader versus Riho. This fucking show was loaded. Yes, it was. Yeah, is it? I don't know what rating they got on Cage Match. I haven't looked, but for, like, probably got probably got lambasted. Was this uh, one of on the better match. shows of the year? Look, it's got to be in practice. It is, but probably on Cage Match, it will not reflect that. If I had to guess, um, it like should Jamie be more like Riho, a mid eight. They, uh, you know, this is the return of Riho. Um, of course, uh, Riho on the show and uh, very happy to see her wrestling and her and Jamie Hader. They had a match earlier this year. This is the rematch. Yep. Uh, and Jamie they, got a win back. Did. And yeah, Jamie got, got the win. It looks like she's kind of getting revved up. This was awesome. Uh, kind of started slow. Uh, and there was like a little bit, you know, uh, Riho like, I don't know if she was rusty or, or what it was, but by the end of the match, she was in the swing of things. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this is very good match. This, this is the level I like. You know, this this is Omega is seven seven point seven five. Nah, man. Omega is like four great matches in a in a very good other match as your uh, fourth as your fifth best match. Nah, Look, on a two hour show. Nah, that's absurd. That's absurd. like I said. They're cage. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Cage match is getting is under assault right now. Um, and this look one of the better AEW shows of the year. Easily. Like look, look out. Here's here's the the pivot. Um, on the the rating stuff, there are people that are in there and go in there with the ones and the zeros to blow that shit up, right? But those people are starting to get got and knocked off and get their shit deleted. Look for them. To start be like, oh, well, I guess we can't go that crazy. So, so how about we just with do the fives, with like the like some like some of these dress, like some of these Joshi uh, voters yep. that they'd be like, oh, I just saw a four star match. Let's give it five. 
Yep. You. That's that's okay. the new one. Okay, so buddy. look out for that next. Uh, James Brown Wiles is the greatest code red ever. That was a really nice spot. What Riho did uh, there. Uh, Hater ended up getting a win with with the um, with the Rainmaker. So what was, what was it? I don't remember a code red. What was it off of? She basically like lifted her up in the air and then like Riho like just flipped over her or something. So um, okay, it was pretty cool. I'd have so. To go back. I remember, I remember something. I remember there was a big movie that Rio hit, but I forgot what it was. But I guess that was what it was. So after the match, uh, Tony Storm came out, held the belt up, and then uh, she stared down Jamie. And that looks like it could be the next title match, but you know, we, we'll see. So, um, I mean, I could definitely see that. Like, yeah. given where we are in the calendar, given where we're up, you know, a couple weeks against the pay per view, it seems like they're definitely going to do a, you know, Soraya and Paige, not Paige, but a Soraya in uh, Brit match. So I, I could see it being Tony and, and Jamie. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, you know, before we move off off of that, like, you know, shout out to 2019 stardom for the match because that was that was fun. <laughs> So uh, Renee came back uh, for the fifth time this evening. <laughs> See, man, <laughs> she met Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston basically asked him about his behavior of late. This is weird. I don't. Um, I don't understand what this was. Maybe I missed some breadcrumbs of like his temperament being um, unusual in the last like month or so, but I don't recall any of that. So. Kingston ain't really been around. He's been on, that's um, true. you know, Strong. he's been on New Dark and yeah. uh, New Japan, and he hasn't, you know, really been booked. So uh, this was strange. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know. Strange. It, it, I didn't understand. Yeah, it felt like this was the beginning of something or a transition to something, and I didn't know. I, I don't. I, I got to see what it is first. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, feels like there's a lot of moving parts uh, that could be like coming into play. Yeah, I did have like, a thought as far as turns and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I did have a I did have a thought like when we talked about like the one like people were so upset about Jericho beating um, Kingston and uh, moving on from there like you know one way to put a bone at to get people to like stop to, like to go back and not like kill that match even though it was great have Kingston beat Jericho for becoming Ring of World Champion. Mm-hmm. That's 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 how you put a bow on that one. That's how I was, I was thinking about that. Uh, maybe like a week ago, I was like that'd be cool. That'd be really cool if they did that, but. You know, we'll see. Because, like, remember, he, after all, he did throw him into that, that you know, uh, bed of barbed wire at the end to get revenge after losing. After he got, you know, hold with multiple people coming in and interfering in the match. So, um, we got John Moxley and Pentagon for the championship uh, after this. Penta came out in, his, in some fire gear. Yes. Uh, Excalibur did mention, like. It's always uh, funny when he comes out, like, when him or Finn. Yes, yes, yes. It's like it's half Razor Ramon, half half Muda. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but uh, cause like he has on like the like the samurai like robe, so it's kind of like this this is this Mexican guy with a lucha pass on comes out with the and it reminds me of um. It's like the reverse the, Ultimo Dragon. Like <laughs> I'm gonna think about that, but uh. When him and Phoenix came out for the ladder match of death with the Young Bucks, they did the same thing, and I was like, "I'm like, I mean, there's no problem with messing do wrestlers liking Jap- uh, Japanese stuff." But I was like, "I don't know what like the connection is exactly." And I think, uh, I think Pent, uh, not Pentagon, I think um, Excalibur mentioned it like that was like, like the shoulder pads of it mm-hmm. were like masks from his previous gimmicks before he became Pentagon. And I was like, "Okay, that's cool." But they yeah, he definitely. About- 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. So so much charisma. They talked about the Mass versus Mass match with Viano Four, uh, which is yes, really cool. Then uh, they talked about everything Penta put on the line. I believe they showed a picture as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Maybe so, I missed it. So this one, uh, this was cool. I, I didn't think they had like they didn't have a blowaway match. This wasn't their best match, but it was still. I yeah. thought it was great. Still though, yeah, it was still really good. Uh, Moxley, I believe. Uh, I thought he was going to bleed. I don't think he did. No, he match. did. Uh, during Unless the first commercial break, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, but, it would have been uh, weird if he hadn't been bleeding. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pizza match. It is yeah. Moxley. He ended up. Uh, he he basically set up that King Kong lariat. Um, they did kind of like as a as a signature move spot now, uh, mm-hmm. as a spinoff of the Hangman thing. Um, and uh, James Brown Wyo is giving us some Eddie Kingston information. He says, "I forgot to tell you, on the dark they filmed that night, Eddie was teamed with Ortiz and kept beating the opponents after Eddie and Ortiz had already won. Ortiz was trying to get him to stop, but everybody kept chanting Eddie." Eddie points at the crowd and Ortiz stopped trying and Eddie gave them both DDTs. Mm. So something's going on mm. with Kingston here. So we will keep an eye on that. Um, and then, you know, uh, Moxley ended up in a uh, paradigm shift, death rider combo uh, yep. for the win. Uh, and this was a, a good defense for him. It was kind of really out of it was kind of out of nowhere. Cause it was almost like it was a counter. Cause it looked like, you know, Pentagon was about to, it was like setting up to hit, Put him away, and then all of a sudden, nope, boom, boom, you're done. Yep. Um, after that, um, we had the firm come out. Uh, w. Morrissey, the guns, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty came out, started whooping on Moxley. Um, Stokely was w- walking to the ring. Security ran out. They got beat down by the firm. Uh, Marvez got shown backstage um, <laughs> with the Black Cool Combat Clothes locker room. Everybody's locked in there because they um, were because earlier in the show they said they were going to have a meeting of the minds and settle their differences, and they went to their locker room and then they got their asses locked away and put away and, and taken off the table. That was good. That was good through the show storytelling. Look. The, why didn't they? Why didn't they keep the door down? That's that's what they do in this promotion. It like, was chain lock. Stop you this. Gotta follow, follow the young bus lead, man. Just, just gotta you know, uh, hit it with the kick. But um, <laughs> <laughs> after that, uh, Moxley did a little comeback, but he ultimately succumbed. <clears throat> MJF hit the ring, basically fired uh, Stokely in the firm. He turned on him, whooped his ass as well. Morrissey looks fucking jacked. Yes, like yes, ungodly levels. Like, like, bro, that man would. It, I, I don't know if he he would burn a hole through a cup right now, but they don't test in AEW, at, so it doesn't matter. He's been hard at work. Well, yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, but Ethan Page kind of gets the uh, the featured position here uh, of doing like the beat down. He gets a promo on Rampage, I believe, kind of putting himself over. He he also did enter in the um the they brought back the tournament this year for for the number one contender the title eliminator tournament. First two okay. people in are Dante Martin and Ethan Page. Um they haven't named anyone else yet, but uh he, he basically hit the ego's edge. He threw MJF like twenty feet in the air with this shit. Morrissey choke slams him through the table outside the ring. Yep. The firm he went way up too. Yeah, the firm just whoop, decimated both of these guys, right? Yes. And I was like, hmm. I was like, <laughs> you know, 
I believe it was Sir Sam. And I was like, man, is this the Dark Order being up the elite? And I had that thought. And I was like, not quite, because I feel like there are at least established wrestlers in the firm, right? Right. And there's not like nameless, faceless people just like laying waste to top stars. But these people are, there is no like ace in this group or anything like that. There are people, you know, I think individually people like like people like lee moriarty people like i have an irrational like for morrissey um you know page is solid you know you you look at his his skills on paper and you think he should be a superstar but it just doesn't quite click for him in that that way um like that um as far as the mjf thing in this now I, w- I was alarmed by a couple things, right? And I guess if you got to turn him babyface because he's the hottest guy in the promotion, you got to do what you got to do. I get it. There are certain sacrifices that you had to be made. It just like it feels so weird because when he was like, "I'm not fighting Moxley, I'm fighting all the people who said I couldn't do it." It's like, all right, that will it, to me that explains the firm now being the heel protagonist of this or the heel antagonist of this main event program. Now, since the BCC are baby faces, mm-hmm. uh, MF is like seemingly a baby face. Now uh, they, it's like, they have to have this other chaos element in there to, uh, I guess, move the story forward. So it's not quote unquote boring, but I feel like there's like, like I said, there's moving parts. There could be a Moxley turn coming out of this. Uh, remember, he was always supposed to be turning heel uh, at the beginning of the yeah. year. It only yeah. has stopped it. When, rehab. You know, yeah. With rehab, uh, he's done a lot of stuff. <sighs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of baby faces. If MJF is going to suddenly become the top baby face in yeah. the promotion, um, I don't know if this is a case where it's like, I'm really confused on all this, and I don't know which way it's going. And maybe that's a good thing. It's just, I just gotta watch how it plays out. But yeah, there's I, a lot of like little like tropes that are kind of saying, "Hey, maybe it's this." That are like mm-hmm. reaching out because in right the stuff now. from the past, you think it's because you think like like if you know the last two weeks made me think like this could be some this could be some like you know Deadly Games '98 Survivor Series shit, right? Whereas like. He was always a heel. He was a, he was a he wasn't shitty for like a month or whatever else. We think he's all good, and then like find out he's even more of a dick. Uh, like with the beat down, it's, it makes you like drop. It drops your guard. It is like okay, he's he's actually he's actually just a, a scumbag tweener that you can cheer for if you want to, and it's cool if you don't, right? But then, like, it could be some aces and eight shit, which would fucking annoy the hell out of me. Yeah, really right. Like, it would be like I'd be like, "This is no, no." Like, no, you didn't fool me. You fooled yourselves. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Um, but it is. But to me, like, I, I'm kind of in the dark on it. But like, all, I think all the anything except for like him, like it was all a, it was all the rules to screw to, to to fake all you fans out, and also you know faked out John Moxie for a second to win the belt. I would hate that. Anything else? Anything outside of that? I think is going to be pretty interesting for us as as fans. I really do. Yeah. So there's still a lot on the table with this. They're going. It, I, I'll, I'll say this: it's interesting. Yeah, and also like we don't know what his trajectory was ultimately going to be because it, it looked like they were definitely going to get to a Punk and MJF thing again, where he was going to beat Punk for the belt. 
Um, but that like that, we, that could have been headed for a double turn too. Right. So right. So it's like we don't know what the trajectory for MJF was, and like, is that still the course, ultimate course, or are they gonna? They had to switch some things up because Punk is no longer, you know, around. So yeah, uh, I you know anything outside of like it was a con job, you know. Like I'm, I I think I'm gonna end up enjoying it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rampage, total skip, embarrassing show. Oof. Um, I thought this was. <laughs> we had John Moxley versus Matt Menard in non-title match. What do you think happened? Oof, how long um, did it last? Mm, uh, maybe like ten minutes. Maybe oh, a went through a commercial break. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Um. So, so it was kind of like, um, who was it? I feel like there was a Danielson match against one, somebody from 2.0. They, they went through a commercial break, too, and I was like, why? Matt Menard. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, Rampage, Madison Rain and Ty Mello. Madison Rain continues to display that she is one of the worst wrestlers on American television, and they were announcing her. They were on commentary saying she was a coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would ever do that. That's a disservice to her. That's a disservice to the rest of the division that, you know, it looks like they got to look to her for, hey, um, you know, you like know, they say guider, guidance and leadership and working ability. You, you, know, you um, know, look, you know what they say, you know what the saying is those that can't teach. Yeah. Can't explain um, it, but Wardlow defended the TNT championship against Matt Taven in the main event. Um, who versus bad. Matt Taven? Ward low. How long did that go? Uh, I want to say it was like a standard main event length match. Um, they put Taven look- in and may have him go toe to toe with Ward low. Ward low. How did exactly. that go? Please um, tell me. How Ward low got the win, dominated. You know, at the end, pretty much. But uh, and I thought Taven. I don't think he looked bad or anything. Uh, but I'm, I'm telling you, we aren't interested in Matt Taven. <laughs> And, I, and it, when I say we, I feel like I'm speaking for lots of us. But Bruh, um, I, look, like I they're was, clearly was... going to be like uh, a unit with somebody like like yeah. when Adam Cole comes back, I think he's going to be with the kingdom <laughs> like like or else they, you won't be around next year. <laughs> That's how Craig Matt used to say, yeah. um, man. Uh, there was something with Swerve kidnapping Billy Gunn, which was interesting to say the least. Um, I saw memes that alluded to like <laughs> to to to, to, things. to to yeah to to Pornhub, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Some of that vibe was there. I won't lie, um, but I think they both did a good job, like acting wise and lines wise, even if it was a little. You know, kind of, kind of hokey. It's like, hold on, why are you kidnapping somebody? Um, I've never seen this place at Swerve's house. I've never seen this room at Swerve's house. <laughs> but where did Swerve bring him? Um, so, I, I didn't. I didn't talk to Swerve about this. Um, also, like, you got to come up with another term. I'm sure there's another term. Another term for this. No, it's uh, what do they call it? You know how they have like amber alerts or whatever else when like when silver over- alert, silver alerts. Like, so can we call this like silver napping? Because like. Bro, Billy Gunn is too damn old and too damn big to be to be said to be kidnapped. Kid where? Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, this was uh, like I think Swerve's like like the timing on the lines and one liners were pretty funny. I would say I'm not one for kidnapping. Uh, <laughs> really, I, I would say, um, but it was a it was an interesting way to kind of and, and basically it led to I think he like had his hands behind his back in the chair and Swerve pulled out some plies. So, um, oh, so he, so he pulled his teeth out or his, or his fingernails his, out. He broke his finger or something, so he couldn't scissor or, or something. It looked like Ooh. so. I guess yeah. it was, on both hands or just one. I think just the the main scissor hand. Well, wait, you know? wait, wait. I thought he was legally contracted that he, or I thought he was told to cease and desist on scissoring to begin with. It was like, nah, we, nah, they want it back. Out. They want it back. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. So it's still yep. denying him of the scissors. Damn. Yep. Um. But they um they did. No, I'm basically- sorry, Rich. I gotta do it. I gotta, I gotta do it. Do you remember when I asked uh two two of our friends, not like two of our or two of our uh, like ch- two of my childhood friends? I asked them. I don't know why, but it it made me think. It made me think that well, maybe asked asked this question, but I asked them like, "Do you know what digital rape is?" And I remember and, this. and they were like, "What? Like you can?" And they were like, basically, like I don't know. Does that mean you can, like, you know? Does that mean like you you are forcing yourself on someone via the internet, like virtually? How the fuck is that? Where they're like, <laughs> "No, your fingers are called digits. That's what like you penetrate somebody against their wit, you know, against their consent. That's what digital like." So <laughs> this is going off the rails. I, I don't know why part of my head just now, but it was like, you know, they took, oh, you said he took his digits and I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, I thought this was a nothing show. Digital harassment, digital assault. But there were things that did happen on the show. They did set up a John Moxley and Lee Moriarty match, I believe for dynamite as a eliminator match. Okay. They had, um, basically after the match, uh, Gates agony came out. Um, Will Hobbs ended up coming out. I don't know if it was a separate thing or if they were meant to be linked together, but the night basically ended with Brian Cage uh, and Samoa Joe came out. It was a big brawl. Um, the Gates of Agony and Hobbs were left standing tall. Hobbs and Wardlow looks like it's being set up for the TNT belt. Okay, basically so ends. Gates of Agony made the save for Taven? Or came out yes. during the Taven match. They, came, they come out they, after they for Warlow. Warlow. Joe came to make the save, and then Hobbs came after and laid out Joe. And now they're all to, they're all together in the ring. You don't know if they're together yet or not. Right. And, okay. And, okay. and uh, Brian Cage grabs the Arlie's TV title from you know Samoa Joe's belt. Hobbs grabs Warlow's belt, which I always thought was a natural direction at some point. Hobbs versus Warlow for the TNT belt. Uh, Hobbs held the belt up and went off air. So. There was some storyline stuff, but man, this was this was a largely boring episode mm. of Rampage. I almost watched it like before the show, and then I was like, I don't have time. And then like you, you didn't me miss much, awful, so I was like, oh, I guess dodge that bullet. Yeah, you didn't miss much. I, like I, I think if you watched the only thing that was truly awful and in, in, in like sub, you know, sub zero level is, is that Madison Rain match. Mm. But everything else is just it just the stakes are lacking. There's just like it feels like it's uh, rather predictable, um, and they didn't try this whole month when they said you know this whole thing with TK was doing a promoter talk of saying mm-hmm. uh, we we got all these live rampages in October. There's gonna be you know I I know he lost the elite, he leaves Punk, uh, and they're still decimated by injury, <clears throat> a lot of people out uh, still, but there are so many people that are booked on dark. 
mm-hmm. that are just like sitting there. That could have been on either of these shows. Like, like, why am I having to watch a Madison Rain match when Athena is available? Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> like, why are we playing this game? Um, Eddie Kingston is just hanging out, you know, doing a storyline. And all of us are not clued in on. Um, he could be doing it, you know, in, on one of these shows. There's a lot of cool m- matches to make. The The issue that, that Tony's running into is there's a main event scene and then the people just under the main event scene, they don't, he doesn't like to book them to lose like that are under the main eventers. So mm. it's rare that they face each other. So it's like, all right, Wardlow has to face a Taven. Uh, Moxley has to face uh, Matt Menard. No disrespect, but like we not coming for that. Right. So um, yeah. And they were in Connecticut. <laughs> so you think they phoned it in because it was Connecticut? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, but I, I, there's just work to be done on Rampage, and I think they're missing a massive opportunity. Like, you have three hours a week on television. I know it's a terrible time slot, and you probably don't want to, you know, overexpose or, like... Measures that you might want to do down the line on a bigger st- stage. But like, hey, man, you got to... Uh, you got to do some. You can't just let the third. You can't just let it be superstars, right? Like, why is this not like the Dante Martin showcase? Um, the it Lee was. Sh- showcase. It like, was. A di- remember, it was when 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 Adam Cole was healthy. You had Punk. You had Danielson. You had Cole. You had um. You had Dante Martin, and you had Daniel Garcia, and it was one of the person that was this younger guy, and they kept having maybe in Darby. Uh, and it kept like in the first like you know first three months of Rampage existence like they kept putting them on there and they kept having good ass matches and then like the it's almost like once Adam Cole got got hurt and then with Danielson it was basically like it went down the tubes and and then like and then never they've had good dynamite since then or, or not dynamite Rampage since then but like it, the last like two months has been like just lackluster yeah yeah and and. They have plenty of people available. Like, have Dante Martin go crazy. Like, have... Um, That's who it was. They had Seidel on there, and Seidel was killing it, too. That's who it was. It wasn't somebody that was younger, but it was Seidel that was on Rampage a lot, and he was killing it. And imagine he had with Punk was really good. Yeah, really good. Is there any stardom news this week, James? Uh, No. Um, There were... There was at least one show this weekend in particular. I haven't watched it yet. It's up, but I didn't even realize it was up until like two hours ago. Um, but like, we'll talk about it next week. We'll we'll catch you guys up on all the stardom stuff next week. Um, and we'll uh, actually, given where we are, next weekend is a pay per view. So, yeah, next weekend is a pay per view. Um, they've been building to it uh, for like this whole entire tour post uh, or this whole entire month um, post uh, Grand Prix final. Um, I forgot what the pay-per-view is called, but it's September 13th and it is in Hiroshima. Um, So red belt match Shuri versus Micah. Micah beat her in the Grand Prix. She gets her title shot. Um, Similar situation in the white belt. Saya Kamatani versus Mina Shirakawa. Um, Mina made her tap out and also during the tour or in the Grand Prix and then also during the tour Mina also got her again and made her tap out to the figure four so they're really putting over her figure four um, and she's gotten multiple 
you know, wins on or on this particular tour. Um, and so it, stronger than the Kaizoki and Mia Figure Four. Science <laughs> sells it a lot better than Muta did. That's definitely for sure. Um, let's see what else we have. Uh, tag match, uh, tag title match. Tam Tam and Nasapoi versus. Ooh, I just blanked on who they're facing. Oh my god, uh, that's embarrassing. Uh, who the hell are they facing? Oh, um, Black Desire, Kid and Momo. Um, uh, so I didn't mention it'll be great. Um, and then you have various things like um, you have a tag gauntlet match. You also have a, I believe, a trios match between uh, God's Eye with Konami back. This is her second time back since she uh, left at after uh, the Sumo Hole show. Yes, West Coast um, Productions. <laughs> oh my god. Terrible. Uh versus Dado Mondo. I believe that is Micah Hameka. No, that is Micah Tekla and uh Mai. Um in yeah, uh so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really good show. Um and like this was the first time uh I think this is the best time of the this year, like where they as far as like presenting two challengers. I don't think either is winning, but like as far as building them Throughout the tour and in programs and at the press conference, I think this was the best job they've done. And I think it's a byproduct of them not having to do a pay-per-view every two fucking weeks. They actually had a month to do it. So, um, and they even did it before they even got to the tour. They did it during the previous tour during the Grand Prix. So, um, I thought, um, they've done a good job with the challengers and like, can't wait to watch it. So, um, that is basically what I got for start. This man, Dante Martin dabbed mid dive off the ropes to the outside of the ring. So it's almost like uh like when um Kofi used to do the the, the Marshawn Lynch. Except it was a dab. Yeah, it was like he jumped straight up in the air, dabbed, and then like hit, you know, whatever, landed on his feet, like I'll send you to give. Oh, like, bro. Is- I, have you ever, you've seen Kevin Kelly wrestle before, right? I'm sorry, Kevin Knight. Yes. Super drop kick. Bro. Kevin Knight, Dante Martin. Montez, Seth Rollins. We didn't have dudes that were able to jump like this when we were kids. We just didn't. Like, where the fuck is this coming from? I know where it's coming from, but like, we didn't have dudes that had that were we had dudes that were high flying. We didn't have people that had leapers. They had like you know thirty, you know, damn near forty inch verts. We didn't have that back then. I'm glad it's in the game. It's fun. It's really fun. I like to see people jump high. Yeah. Who who knew? We like seeing athletic wrestlers. Who knew? Indeed. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, uh, Black Super Junior has what a chance of Alpha Female beating Mayu for the SWA belt uh, on the pay-per-view to free up uh, Mayu for the IWGP belt. Oh, yeah, that match is set on there. Alpha Female versus Mayu uh, for the SWA belt. Um, I, I think that I think Mayu's winning regardless, and whatever they decide to do with the SWA belt, if Mayu were to win, um, I don't know. It could be a double. They could make it a double crown thing. They might unify and just make the belt, you know, get rid of and get rid of the SWA belt and just make the IWGP belt the belt. Who knows? Um, but I, you know, I, I think that um, either way, it's going to work out fine. In like they'll. I'm good with either decision. Like, if they go with Kyrie and have her basically be the big match person, fine. If they go with Mayu, it's easy. Four-star match anytime they do it um, in Japan. So, yeah. Um, they they picked the right two people to do it. 
Either you pick your, you know, you either pick your, you know, uh, what do you call it? Your legacy, your legacy star, or you pick like, you know, the one of the two biggest, you know, people you ever had like internationally, like in your company. So, um, works. I think, I think it's going to be great. And I can't wait for the match. And I like their promo, uh, from the pay-per-view, like after they both advanced to the final, where they're like, Kamai's like, you left. You left and like, you know, we're, you know, we have, we have feelings to express after five and a half years or whatever else. And you you went to go, go twerk it up for the fed. I stayed (laughs) here and and built this, you know, (laughs) don't don't be trying to go home now. Oh my God. This first match back, they tag together. Like it's not that, it's not that. This belongs to me. (laughs) You know, I I need some, I need some hatred here. You know, I, I need to be sold something. No, this. I mean, my, I mean, Mayu basically did the, basically did the, you know, um, like the the Go Shizaki shit. She's like, I am stardom. <laughs> I, I did not run know. for the grind, you know. I do. You're gonna say that shit. You know, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, it's gonna, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. You know, these are two people. These two are the people are the biggest reasons why, like, I even got into stardom. Like, plus EO, like, just saw some of their matches against each other. For red and white belt, one for 2015, one for 2017, it was like, yo, these women are incredible. So I'm excited to see what they, you know, now, like where they are now and like what they have to add to the stories they've already told. So, yeah. All right, y'all. Uh, happy Halloween. Uh, don't be anti Semitic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that goes uh, without saying, but like, bro, I, not. Saw, I saw like over the weekend some dude. Some dude walked into a bar in New York City. He's in a fucking Nazi uh, soldier um, costume. Bro, they ran his ass out of there in like 15 seconds. Unbelievable. 15 seconds ran him out of there. It's Kyrie saying that in that same city. <laughs> Bro, what are you doing? Foolish. Let's wrap it up, man. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. That's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this with. Um, also, download the feed, uh, the the One Nation Radio individual feed. We are seeing yeah. the numbers rise, so I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Um, you know, go to if you're listening to stream. Um, links are below or directions are below for the cash app and the PayPal. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you can go to our show notes or description and find um, our link to our Reddit Circle page. You drop us off a donation there. And uh, be sure to listen to other shows on the network. Besides One Nation Radio, you have Keeping a Strong Style, The Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Groman Watches Shit, The Grave Consequences Podcast, um, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator, Get in the Ring. Uh, meet the press slam in AEW match guy. Why do I feel like I forgot something? I say that leave out eight bit suplex. Eight bit suplex. Sorry, Josh. My bad. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.